Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. everyone. Welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle taking some vacation time. So Alexa Dat of Valley Sports joins me this morning here on Carriker and Smallman. Good morning, Alexa. How are you? Good morning, Randy. Yes, hello, all the listeners. You're stuck with me today. Sorry about that. Uh, you're the best. We're looking forward <laughs> to it. Okay, so uh, I watched you for years on MLB Network and you would do quick pitch. I know you were there late at night. You do Valley Sports, you're late at night. Are you at heart a morning person or are you a night person a night owl all the way i woke up this morning my allergies were on fire i was like (laughs) oh man i gotta go speak and like sound coherent this is gonna be really difficult but for randy i will do it you're the best happy bobby bonilla day to you that's right that's right just cashing those checks (laughs) that's what he does yeah bobby bonilla gets a check for a little over a million bucks today just for doing nothing randy can i ask you a question Mm -hmm. why not just buy the guy out why continue this news story every single year? And Just pay the guy off. Yeah, you would think that he would be more than happy to take a lump sum, right? That's right. And the Mets certainly have the money now to pay the lump That's sum. Right. Why not just pay it off and get it over with? Because every year, you're exactly right, on July 1st, we talk, to, talk about the ineptitude of the New York Mets in giving Bobby Bonilla $25 million to do nothing. And it's a headline <laughs> across the country. Right. Everybody so loves for it. everyone to bring it up, why wouldn't you just get rid of it? I don't know. I would pay for it to go under the table. Never yeah. come back again. Here's what Alexa and I have coming up on the show. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to Jay Delsing. The John Deere Classic, one of his near and dear tournaments, is going on. And the first American Live tournament is going on this weekend. At 8.15, we're going to talk to former Cardinal John Jay. He's got an initiative coming up here in St. Louis. Danny Wexelman, native of St. Louis and the co-host of the That's What She Said podcast. I wonder how, uh, Alexa, uh, you and Danny came up with that name, the the That's What She Said podcast. But very creative on your part. Oh, we'll tell you. We'll tell you all about it, Randy. (laughs) That's coming up at 8.45. And then at uh, 9.15, the Cardinals in Philadelphia to open a three-game Fourth of July weekend series. And Kyle Gibson. Uh, an area product, a Mizzou product, and a member of the Philadelphia Phillies will join us. It was a, a big day in sports yesterday. The Brewers lost, so the Cardinals are a game behind. And already, Alexa, we are at the midpoint of the season. Sunday night baseball, the Cardinals on ESPN. We'll have it for you here on 101 ESPN. And that'll be game number 81. How do you think the Cardinals are doing halfway through the season? How do you, What do you like? Well, if you talk to the fans on Twitter... The ones who are in my DMs, complaining about the organization, complaining about the team. They're in last place, Mm -hmm. Randy. But from everyone else's perspective, this is a really good baseball team. And listen, you can call me a homer. 
even though I'm not a Cardinals fan by by birth, right? Um, this is my first season covering the team, but this has been a pretty wild season. They have hung on and dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of ups and downs, and they're only a game out of first place without a formidable starting rotation. I'd say that's pretty good, Randy. Yeah, you're missing literally half of your opening day lineup. DeYoung is gone. No Yachty, no O'Neal, no Bader. And you anticipated, heck, they, the Cardinals anticipated when they said Jack Flaherty was going to miss some time, they thought that he, he, he'd he be out until June. Well, here we are, July now, and you aren't going to have Jack Flaherty for the foreseeable future. And you've had Stephen Matz go down. You've had Jordan Hicks go down. You haven't had the rotation that you expected. Uh, now you've lost Enesis Cabrera for a time. I would suggest that because the Cardinals have guys coming back, that they're a team in the National League that I would expect to ascend in the second half. A hundred percent, especially because Jordan Hicks is going to come back, and so is Hennessy Cabrera. And also, these guys who have performed so well in the first half will just continue doing that. There's no sign of any sort of downturn. I mean, you've got two of the top five players based on war on your staff. You've got Tommy Edmond and Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, there's not much he can do to hurt his... NL MVP chances. No. This dude's going to take home the award, and the fact that he is like, I still need to get better at this sport is incredibly amazing mm-hmm. to me. I don't know if you read that piece in The Athletic. Ken Rosenthal and Katie Wu put it yeah. together, and just listening to how meticulous he is day in and day out, and basically his confidence, even though he's not a loud vocal player in terms of talking about himself, his bat does the speaking for him. So it's incredible to watch. And listen, they've put together the, the record that they have now, where they are in the standings, with odds and ends in terms of figuring out how to get from starter to closer. Mm-hmm. And that actually recently has been a strength for them. Zach Thompson, uh, Junior Fernandez, uh, uh, Johan Oviedo. You've got these guys coming in and getting the job done that previously was a huge question mark. So now that's starting to look like a strength because there's healthy competition between these guys and they're, they're pulling it off. Yeah, and For me, in the second half, there's a couple of things that need to happen, and you just hit on the big thing. You need to weed out the people that are turning 5-3 deficits into 7-3 deficits, and they're doing that. And when you bring back a Hicks, when you're getting real good production, a 0.00 ERA out of Junior Fernandez, when that back, when the front end of the bullpen is getting you to the back end, that's huge for this team, and it's huge for any team that's going to go to the World Series. Yeah. So that's one aspect to them getting better. And the other part is, they just need to be healthy. It's mm-hmm. you look, and I guess we'll have Tyler O'Neill back. I can't believe Tyler O'Neill with that build would ever pull a hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have hamstrings? He, yeah, he he is uh, <laughs> otherworldly in terms of his workout routine. Yeah, so you have O'Neill back. Uh, hopefully, you get Bader back sooner rather than later. You're set now, as far as I'm concerned, at shortstop and second base. You know who those guys are. And Paul DeYoung, Mo said on your show the other night, he's been Wally pipped. Paul DeYoung is probably not going to be back. And then the catching situation is one that is completely up in the air. Uh, Certainly serious questions about Yachty with the the knee and with his physical conditioning. And with what we know about Kisner, the bat doesn't seem great. And then Herrera looks like he he fits the bill, right, of being a a catcher at the major league level. But you just don't know what he's going to be. I love, though, how this team is taking advantage of the opportunities that are being given to them. One, these rookies all stepping up in huge ways. I mean, the fact that they are 
incredibly versatile utility players up and down. They can play any position defensively. They can spot anywhere in the lineup. They take advice really well. They're quick learners, uh, high baseball IQs. And then the way this team plays at home is pretty incredible mm-hmm. if they keep that streak going. I mean, this team right now, 24-16 and 16 at home. They did that in 2019. Haven't done it again in, uh, since 2015. So the fact that they're, they're doing that well. Also, offensively, people are complaining, feast or famine, feast or famine, right? You're hearing that a lot. Uh, yeah, but also when you put it all together and you take home the average, you'll take that average when they're scoring almost five runs a game, both at home and on the road for the length of the season. You know, double that from where they are right now. And you've got an incredibly offensively strong uh, baseball team. Yeah, and we hyper-focus on our team. The only team that isn't feast or famine, the only good team, good offensive team that isn't feast or famine is the Yankees. Even the Dodgers are feast or famine. Yeah, of course, of course. So that's just the way it works. Okay, we got more to talk about because yesterday was free agency day in the NFL, uh, in the NBA, and that was all upstaged by the request of the Brooklyn Nets by Kevin Durant that he be traded. Adrian, let's just call him Woj, ESPN's Woj, uh, broke the story. Why did KD ask for the deal? You know, I think Kevin Durant wanted to try to get Kyrie Irving a long-term deal in Brooklyn, uh, just like Kyrie Irving wanted it. Uh, They did not get it from the organization. And I think once uh, he had to opt into that contract and essentially was playing on an expiring contract, you know, even at that point, the communication between the organization and Kevin Durant had really ceased to exist. And even after he opted in, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving have not been engaging with the organization. There was a sense around Brooklyn and a sense around the league as teams um, were preparing to make offers that Kevin Durant was going to ask out uh, at some point in the offseason. It came today. And I think so much of it, you talk to people around Kevin Durant and the the disappointment around this team, the underachieving of this era, and then the Golden State Warriors winning a championship this year uh, in the aftermath of Durant leaving. And I think all that came with that, the criticism, the second guessing, all of that contributed to what happened today when I'm told Kevin Durant called Joe Sy, the Nets owner, mm-hmm. and told him essentially, I need a change of scenery. I want you to trade me. That Nets super team with Durant and Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan obviously didn't work out. But Alexa, this is a move. This will be an earth-shaking move wherever he goes because it seems like wherever Kevin Durant lands in a trade, that team will likely be a favorite in their conference. Well, when you have a guy who scores, you know, or averages 30 points a season and, you know, is a game changer, a difference maker for your squad, that's, of course, going to be the case. But, like, can Kevin Durant stay healthy? No. So how is he really that big of a difference maker? That's my biggest thing. But if you can get 50 games out of him and just get him for the playoffs, if you can get to the playoffs and have him play playoff games and you have a surrounding cast... That's one thing we've learned about Kevin Durant. He needs a surrounding cast. Pretty much everybody does. But if you have the surrounding cast, I think if he would wind up in Phoenix, if he would wind up with Booker and CP3, I would think that, and they can keep Jay Crowder there. I think that that's a team that could really do some damage in the West. And what's the talk about them going to L.A.? There's a Laker buzz too, right? Well, the Lakers would be involved in a trade. They're interested in Kyrie. So Russell Westbrook, there's so many trade rumors running around now. But I don't know that he and LeBron, from a cap perspective, could fit on the same team. Interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see them still play together, though, because they are really good friends and they do make magic on the court. Okay, tell me if this is 
a roller coaster of emotion for you if you're in this situation or not. St. Louis and Bradley Beal signs the biggest contract in NBA history. Four years, $251 million. Minutes later, Nikola Jokic signs the biggest contract in NBA history. Four years, $270 million. So if you're Beal... Are you bummed out that Jokic passed you, or are you still pretty happy with the four and two fifty one? Uh, I think that's a lot of money. I think you're still pretty happy, and I'm really happy personally because I'm a huge Washington Wizards fan. So the right. fact that he's staying around, I mean, is he going to win there? No, because they're not really supporting him with much. But I love the fact that he's still in the Wizards jersey. We don't see that kind of loyalty, especially from NBA guys, but in sports anymore. Because he knows I, he can get it. the money from them, though. Because yeah. who else are they paying? Yeah, he's their guy. He's yeah. their superstar. That's right. And the other huge news yesterday from sports is that UC, USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. Here's ESPN's Heather Dinich. I talked to a high-ranking university official in the Pac-12 who said that they got soonered and horned, that nobody saw this coming. It was Bob Bowlesby all over again, is what I was told. And, you know, blindsided, basically. But... Here's the thing. Anybody who pays attention to college football knows realignment is always there. And there could not be a more tumultuous time in college athletics in general, not just college football, than there is right now. And so this is a monumental change, though. OU in Texas was big. This is huge. And now you have these two super conferences flexing their muscles and clearly separated from everybody else. So, a couple of things here. Why do we continue the illusion of putting college before college athletics? That is a great point, Randy. They really should be paying these kids. By the way, did anyone ask the athletes? No, of course not. No. This is going to be torture for them. I feel so bad for these college kids. They're going to be flying across, if they're really committed to academics, you're going to be flying if you're a, especially a basketball player. Football player flies out on Friday, plays the game, comes home on Saturday night. Six hours for a USC player going to Rutgers or Michigan or whatever. Yeah. But if you are a baseball player or a volleyball player or a basketball player that has to go east or west and take the six-hour flight and you're there for a Tuesday night game and a Saturday game, what kind of schooling are you going to get? I know the tutors are there, but is it really like going to class? You're doing your term paper on the flight. Jet lag kicks in immediately, constantly throughout the season. When do you have time to study? I mean, I, I think that's kind of a, an absurd question for us to even ask, mm-hmm. right? Because these are these are professional athletes. They're not really college students. And uh, that's, that's sad. That's really sad to think about. And the fact that they're going to be going from Ca- California to Maryland... To New Jersey? Are we kidding me? Cross country? That's insane for these cat for these kids. And I feel like it's just going to be such a struggle for them to have any sort of life besides just in and out of airports constantly. It's going to be almost impossible to avoid that scenario unfolding. Now, here's another part of this from a Mizzou perspective, Alexa. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, writes this morning about the realignment. And he said that one conference official reminded him that schools commit to a conference, not the other way around. So with both Clemson and Miami looking to get into the SEC, does the SEC dump Vanderbilt and Mizzou so that they can get Clemson and Miami in? That's a possibility, and it's at Dennis Dodd's piece today at CBSSports.com. You just broke all of the hearts of all the Mizzou grads who are listening right now. Could you imagine... That would be devastating for everyone. And there's nowhere to go. No. If you aren't in the SEC, if you're Missouri, 
You're not going to the Big Ten. The Big 12, you're not going back there, but it's uh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are basically non-entities now. Uh, here's Mizzou grad Matthew Rocchio. Do I have like a paper due tomorrow? Did I wake back up in 2012 when Mizzou <laughs> is on the sidelines about ready to get, you know, proverbially completely screwed out of the college football landscape yeah. by a bunch of big wigs? Uh, you know, and again... I'm gonna have to blame Texas and Oklahoma partially for yeah, it. Like yeah. this is it's it's twenty. This is ten years ago all over again. I lived this once already when I was actually at Mizzou, and this is ridiculous. No, you can't take teams out of conferences. Come on. And the line from Dennis. We Dodd. tailgate yeah, now. We yeah. wear we wear pastel colors during our games. <laughs> what do you want from us? I'm telling you, I was an ACC fan from the day I was born because I went to Maryland and I was there when they won the ACC title. They brought it back from North Carolina. I showed up at you know what was Comcast Center at the time mm-hmm. with Gary Williams and Juan Dixon standing there on the court, took pictures with them, traveled to North Carolina and Duke to fight off the Cameron crazies and watch this. Because listen, those were our rivals. Did they consider us one of their rivals? Not particularly because it was UNC Duke, but we just kind of wedged our way in there. But I loved that competition. Then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're going to head over to the Big Ten and take Rutgers with you. What? What are you talking about? Who are these people? Yeah. We're going to the Midwest. Who's my rival? Yeah. How is this going to play out? But to be honest, it's actually worked pretty well for Maryland. Mm-hmm. Not so much Rutgers, but Maryland, it's actually worked out pretty well. And so hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the time blindfolded, dumbfounded, I was distraught. So I totally understand how those California teams feel. And the line from Dennis Dodd is not just Vanderbilt and Mizzou, but talking about realignment. So out with Vanderbilt and Missouri, in with Clemson and Miami, out with Indiana and Purdue in the Big Ten, in with Oregon and Washington. I guess the possibility is out there. Dennis Dodd is pretty good at what he does. Gosh, that is so depressing to think about. Kicking teams out of conferences like that is just... That would be awful. It's awful. It's It's heartbreaking. Gosh. Randy, I don't want to be in the Mountain West. No, I don't either. The Mountain West. West. I mean, that was the thing, though. In 2012, when it it looked like Oklahoma and Texas were going to make their whole super conference... The conversation was if Mizzou can't get in the SEC or Big Ten, they're going to have to go to the Mountain yep. West. And that, that was, was that was a terrifying idea, which is why, at the time, I wanted to play it safe. And I thought I, I wanted Mizzou to go to the Big Ten at the time because I thought it was the safer, more, you know, it made more sense than going to the SEC mm-hmm. for the, the Big sports Ten that they played. But the big, and, you know, the fact that Big Ten always is, you know, has more schools with the, the academic, with the, AC, the uh, AAC accreditation, uh, right. whatever it is. You know, Mizzou was only the second SEC team. I thought, I thought the Big Ten worked better. And I, I honestly, I, th- I wonder where would their level of success be had they been in the Big Ten instead of the SEC over the last few years. But is Mizzou going to the Mountain West better or worse? I know, cringe, that, that sounds weird. Than USC, UCLA playing any sport in Madison in November? Well, in terms of travel, it would be better. But in terms of having a chance, it would be a lot worse. Yeah. And I, I, the SEC is going to be loyal to the old Miss, old Misses and Mississippi States of the world who have never played in an SEC championship game. And all of our mutual friend Brad Thompson has a very succinct and very true line about sports. If you're Mizzou, if you don't like it, play better. Because if you get kicked out of the SEC... It's not because you're playing great. It's You've got the St. Louis and Kansas City markets. If you get kicked out of the SEC, it's because you're underperforming. That's a great point. Brad so. does say that all of the time about yeah. everything in life. So <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that, that applies as a blanket statement. But yeah. That's Alexa Dat of Valley Sports. I'm Randy, and uh, this is Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. All of us have Peak and Pit coming your way next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Up into the peaks or into the pit? Peaks and pits. Join in on the conversation with Character and Smallman now. Text 65780. This is 101 ESPN. Alexa Dad of Valley Sports in for Michelle. I'm Randy. It's time for Peaker Pit. And by the way, we were remiss. We mentioned Bobby Bonilla Day. It's also Canada Day. Al McInnes just t- uh, tweeted a shot from his cottage in Canada, noting that it's Happy Canada Day. So for all of our Canadian friends, uh, get out and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's right, eh? Have a good one. Happy Canada Day. I love it. Love those Canadians. Super friendly people. Oh, they're the best, eh? And uh, when, uh, when they do something... And they feel like they've offended you. They go, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That is so cute. All right, uh, Alexa. So peak and pit of the week. I was out at uh, Fox Run yesterday. Oh, yeah? A lot of golf out at Fox Run. You don't say? Well, and it has been rated as the most difficult golf course in Missouri. No way. Oh, it's difficult. Okay. So What makes it so difficult? It's long and... It's it, it can get very tight around the greens and the green around the greens. There's a ton of traps that are really punitive. Okay. And I'm not great out of the sand. Okay. Yesterday, I was able to, for the most part, avoid the sand. Had a couple of bad putting situations on par threes, mm-hmm. but I fired an 86 at Fox Run, which Whoa. for me, I, I'm very happy about. Thank there you very you go. much. Nicely so, done, Randy. So th- that is absolutely my my peak of of the week, and. Uh, my uh, boy, th- this has been a pretty good week. I guess my pit of the week is uh, the fact that Yachty just isn't around for this. It's you, my daughter is 24. All right, so her entire life has been spent with Yachty or Molina as the Cardinal catcher. That's mm. all she remembers from Cardinal baseball is Yachty being behind the plate. So Yachty not being around for this is kind of a pit for me. Isn't that amazing that, so he's been played for 18 years. So if you're 24, 23, 22, you don't remember Cardinal Baseball without Yadier Molina. I know. He is such a legend with this organization and he's a great guy. And you know what? I just think the injuries at this point have caught up to him because when you're a catcher, the wear and tear on your body, I mean, you know, Randy, it is just a difficult position to play and to play for this long, to be that smart. I mean, it's kind of like your body's given up on you, but your baseball IQ is still going strong day in and day out. And, you know, he's a role model to these younger kids. They watch him and they study him. They understand the game better because they have played behind Yadier Molina, but it, it's just, it's a breaking point at, at some point and, and it's tough to see. And look at this. It's So Yadi starts in 2004. Buster Posey starts in 2010, has a Hall of Fame career, yep. retires in 2021 before Yadi does. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, Buster had those concussions, yeah. so he had a lot more and going the, on. And the broken leg from the cousins, the, the slide, too. That'll do it. And that, Yeah, that got to move to first a lot. But That'll do it. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, not, not having Yadi around is... I kind of took it for granted, I guess. I hope that's not a pit that is reoccurring week after week. You know what I mean? It'd be nice for him to eventually make his way back. So we'll see. Uh, Wishing him the best. Okay. Alexa's peak and pit. Peak and pit. Okay. So my peak this week, actually, was that I had the pleasure of having a delicious and um, really fun lunch with Michelle Smallman. 
Mm-hmm. We sat down, had a blast. I had never hung out with her outside of doing the radio with her. So to get to know her and her like Italian fun, the way she talks, and, and uh, <laughs> she's just hilarious. She's a great storyteller. Um, so getting to, we went to Olio, had a little Mediterranean, some nice. small plates. And Katie Wu joined us as well. So the three of us, you know, talking sports and um, getting to, to share some stories was a blast. And my pit, my boyfriend got COVID. Oh, no. Isn't that sad? So I you know. you were up there last thing. week, right? Well, yeah. So I, I saw your Instagram photos. Yeah. So that's a bummer. I know. How's he and doing? I'm Is he better? Spent? Much okay. better. And I've tested every day because, you know, we live together. So for yeah. me, it was, I wanted to make sure I was safe. So I'm good. But yeah, he just got really sick. And, you know, it's just tough uh, kind of watching. He works from home, so that's helpful. Uh-huh. So he can still do his job. But um, yeah, I was kind of bummed out about that. Is but this it's the going first around. Time he's had it? No, he's had it a couple of times. Okay. And, but every time it really gets him. You know, some people just don't have that much of a reaction. Some people, it really takes them down. I think I went, first, I think I had it before it was a thing. I think. Yeah. I had it in February of 2020. Wow. But then I got it a couple months ago, I guess. I, I missed a day here. And um, it, 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 I just slept. It hit me. That's how it hit me. I just was dead tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And did you have the reaction from the vaccines and, and that as no, well? My vaccine reactions were, were not, fine. Yeah. Zip up. So. Interesting. Yeah. In fact, I my wife was telling me yesterday, you got to go get your second booster. So I got to figure out that situation. Yeah. I didn't even know I could get a second booster. You have to get on that. that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Rocchio, I know his peak of the week. What's that? So you were doing the game. Matthew Rocchio got more airtime the night before last than the umpire did sitting in the green seats <laughs> by no play. What'd yeah, you do? That was, undoubtedly, that was undoubtedly my peak of the week. I got, I just, I got to sit on uh, Wednesday. Um, I got to sit in green seats like right behind home plate. Oh, and that's got, so cool. Sit, you should have told me I would have looked before. out for you. Yeah. I, oh, look <laughs> how cute looking, you are. Randy showing me a photo. Yeah, look, look, you are on cloud photo. nine, buddy. I, I was having a great time. I, was I mean, this time. might be your peak of the year. It, was, it doesn't it was, get any better than that for you. And the, and the company, the, the company wasn't too bad either. So it was, it was a pretty good time. I don't really, I don't really have a pit. I mean, uh, hold on. We're like a million people texting you though. Like I see you on TV. Did you feel like a celebrity? I got a couple texts from people who were like, oh, hey, you're looking good. You're looking good behind home plate yeah you just like, got a haircut check too. out the swag oh sure you got a haircut yeah. i mean sure you know oh, gonna, big I, haircut over yeah. here yeah exactly big haircut you know me all right what do we got on the text line um i actually just this is there's no pit on this one and this is just such an awesome story here i just found out that i get to go to bush stadium for the first time ever wow. i live in washington state and i grew up a cards fan since day one grew up going to the kingdom with my dad but as soon as i grew up in a mind of my own it was the birds on the bat anyway my buddy just surprised me with tickets for the cubs cards on labor day weekend my life is complete there's no pit there, just a peak, and I love that story. Good that is adorable and amazing, and it's honestly an underrated baseball stadium. People don't mention Bush at the top of their list, as they should. They should give it a lot more credit. It's a gorgeous scenery. The weather, when it's not 100 billion degrees and humid, is really nice, especially in the shade. Mm-hmm. And it's great baseball. It, they just do a wonderful job of welcoming you to the stadium. Yeah. Giveaways are awesome. So even if for some reason the Cardinals take an L, you still have a great time at the ballpark. Yeah, it's fantastic. So good for you. I'm glad you're making your way here. Peak, my kid plays in the top 20% of national debate in Louisville. There we go. Yeah. Hit. I had to spend a week in Louisville, and after two days, it's kind of blah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what do you do in Louisville? You search out hole-in-the-wall barbecue places every single moment you can. Oh Louisville uh, has the, yeah, the Cornish Company, which built it with in partnership with the Cardinals Ballpark Village. They have a power and light district that's similar to Ballpark Village in Louisville, too, that apparently is very cool. Okay, I like that. Here's one. Pitt losing two of three to the Cubs. Yeah, but you took two of three from the Marlins, which is, yeah. I think, bigger 
Because the Marlins well, are, are more of a competition for you at this point. I mean, beating Paolo Lopez, the fact that that was, you know, you're not going to get Sandy Alcantara. The dude is no. just a machine. So exactly. if that's the game that you lose and you're able to take two of three, it's beautiful. Yep. So that would be the peak. Yep. Thank you, Matthew. But they had, they had Sandy Alcantara. That's why people are bothered. They had him. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Uh, coming up next, Jay Delsing talking some golf. The John Deere Classic is this weekend. We always love talking to Jay. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. vacation. Alexa Datt will have the Cardinal pre and post game tonight on Valley Sports Midwest, but she's been kind enough to spend three hours with us here this morning. We do appreciate that. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and joining Alexa and I is Jay Delsing, who is one of the greatest people in America. Jay, I don't know if you heard, but uh, through through your help yesterday, and you played Fox Run, I fired an 86 and I'm a happy camper. Thank you. Hey, keep going, Randy. If you're going to give me all that baloney, keep going. That sounds great. Congratulations well, on the round. And hey, Alexa, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Next time we're out, you have to teach me how to putt. Oh, my gosh. Did you start smashing some drives? I can hit drives. I can. And you, you saw me close to the green. I'm much better close to the green, thanks to you. And now it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, getting that part of it perfect, if you can do such a thing. And then, yeah, hitting putts. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Jay, right. give us a comp. Like, what is Randy co- comparable to in terms of a golfer that we've seen on TV before? <laughs> oh my gosh! Let me see. But Alexa, just throw me right, uh, <laughs> throw it right at me here. So Randy, so when 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 I first played, I've only got to play with Randy. Gosh, I've known you forever, Randy. But we only played together once, and we I just couldn't get him to get his his body stacked up. So. I could see that there was a lot of power in there, but it wasn't quite making the connection enough. And um, so, man, Ray, so I would say Randy r- reminds me of a football player, an NFL football player. I, I haven't played with Marshall, and I know Marshall's a really good player, but some, someone like that who's Randy's big and strong and big upper body, and you've really got to get that upper body aligned to be able to get it, to get the club to swing the right way. So how about if I... Uh, how, did that answer the yeah, question yeah, at all? Yeah, yeah for sure. I'll and, take that count. And, and by the way, we'll we'll say it again because we said it last week. Have your shoulders, hips, and knees stacked together. It's the first thing I say to myself at address now. You you got to do it, guys, and you got to call CJ at Pro Am Golf and get and get yourself um, uh, fitted for clubs. It's just it's mm-hmm. made a big difference, and it's not expensive, and they're great people over there. So you got to give CJ a call. It, it's so worth it. All right, Jay, let's talk first, before we get to the live tour, let's talk about the John Deere Classic, because I remember, and you and I have known each other forever, that was one of your favorite uh, tournaments to play, wasn't it? Oh, it was, Randy. It's, uh, you know, it's Rock Island, Illinois, Moline, Illinois, Bettendorf, and, and Davenport, Iowa, sit right on the, the, the river over there. And it's a great community event. The community shows up. John Deere is a phenomenal corporate sponsor. I mean, they're one, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're the longest standing uh, sponsorship on the PGA Tour. And the the entire community comes out. You get 50,000, 60,000 people a day over there. They have pork chop sandwiches. And if you're playing lousy, you can just (laughs) walk over and grab a pork chop sandwich and 
someone might offer you a beer or two. It's it's a great it's a it's a great event. They raise a lot of money for charity. And you know what was fun about it? I, I mean, it was always fun to go to the bigger cities for me. There was always so much, so many other things going on when you go to L.A., New York, and Chicago, and things like that. But when you went to the Quad Cities and it was close to home, and I'm a Midwestern guy, it just had that Midwestern feel, and they really, they really cared that you were there. So it was, it was really special, and it was only a four-hour drive from St. Louis, you know. So it was almost like a home, uh, uh, you know, a home week for me. Pretty cool. Jay, I'm going to ask you about the Live Tour because for me, this is just mind-boggling. And I've watched golf my entire life, love watching it, hate playing it because I'm a lefty and I'm terrible at the sport. Um, maybe you can help me out just like you did, Randy. But as as a viewer who loves watching golf on TV, how is that going to change the landscape with the Live Tour now getting a lot of guys to come over and join the, the squad? Well, you know what, uh, I mean, you know what, Alexa, I'm sorry, one of the things that just gets me fired up about here is that until Pat Perez, who is such a kind of a freewheeling guy, has said this is all about the money, no one has just told the truth and said this is about money. They're saying opportunities growing the game. They're doing none of that. And um, I, I, uh, unfortunately for um, uh, someone who's loved the PGA Tour, and I've been a life member now for, I don't know, 15, 20 years or so, our, the PGA Tour is a real reactionary company. We are not somebody that, that is on the leading edge that is con- always continually trying to reinvent things and stay on the on the cutting edge of the sport. And this will bring some, some lasting changes, but... For, I mean, guys, how long are the Saudis going to be are going to last before they get bored? I mean, to me, we're talking more about Saudi Arabia and some of the some of the horrible things that they do more now than we were before. And now, you know, I mean, I can just see them one day waking up and t- calling Greg Norman and saying, "We're done. We're not going to honor any of these contracts, and we're moving on to something else." And I just, I just think for the players, and I can tell you this, Alexa, the, the tour players, I know their mindset really well. I know they believe that they're going to be able to just roll right back onto the PGA Tour when this thing goes away. And I'm not sure that's the case. Our commissioner is pissed. Hey, Jay, one of the things that I, I find interesting about this weekend at, at Pumpkin Ridge, and we've mentioned this the, in the past, and Alexa and I were talking about this before we came on the air, it's televised on YouTube, televised, it's it's streaming, but they're giving away tickets this weekend. They aren't even selling tickets to the event where they're paying all these guys. You mentioned they're going to get bored, and they're not going to run out of money, but at some point, I'm with you, I'm with you. I think they probably say, what's the point here? What is that's what I'm saying. What is the point here? So if they keep, if they're able to keep poaching guys, and they're they're going to be able to somehow get, say, more than fifty players, then what do they do? I mean, how do they rank people according to how they're going to play? Are they going to play more than fifty-four holes? Is it no longer going to be a shotgun? I mean, start guys. It, the the whole thing just seems like a member guest to me. It's. Could you imagine, Randy and, and Alexa, if we're playing and say the three of us are tied for the lead, and Alexa, you're finishing on 18 and I'm finishing on six, and Randy's finishing on nine, and we all have putts to what? How, how do you know? I mean, is my putt to win, or did your putt go in before? 
before mine and you're the leader in the clubhouse and makes mine more significant. I mean, how does all this play out? I, I, it's so poorly thought out. And I, and from a business standpoint, I think competition is great, but is this really competition? This was just Mm -hmm. a startup where people are throwing money at, at things without a real business plan to me. But Jay, I understand the commissioner is upset, obviously, and completely understandably, but how would the PGA survive if once the Live Tour goes away, the players wanted to come back and the PGA said no? Well, they're, they're, I think what the, what the tour would say, Alexa, is you're going you're gonna to sit. You know, you're going to sit for a year. You're going to sit for a year and a half. And, and, and a guy like Pat Perez, he wants to play the Champions Tour because he's 46. And he could, you know, there's no telling what, what sort of band could, could come on with this. And it's, I'm not really even sure how this is going to play out, you guys. I, I think the tour would lose a battle in court saying, because we, have, we are independent contractors. And, and I don't think you're, you're probably going to win a court uh, proceeding that says that it, uh, eliminates people or uh, doesn't allow me to play where I want to play. However, as independent contractors, they don't have to let you play in their stuff. They don't have to hire you. And mm-hmm. so the PGA Tour can say to Dustin Johnson, Mickelson, Kepka, great. Okay, cool. Our conflicting release event is not right, and it is, it's unlawful, and it's off the books. So go play wherever you want. But here's the other deal. You're not playing here. And the European guys have been uh, suspended and fined 100,000 euro uh, for the DP Tour. So there is some alignment with the PGA Tour and the DP Tour now. And, guys, I, was, I have heard that there are, the Tour was kind of working with the DP Tour to to try to um, maybe take some of their better tournaments on the European tour, fold those into uh, the PGA tour and have more of an international type schedule. But, you know, now the tours come out with a different schedule and there's going to be more events for just the the top 50 in the world. And so it's a real reactionary thing. and, and And I haven't read it fully. I don't understand it fully, but, no one's been talking about golf more than more now than ever before, you guys. That's <laughs> true. Good, bad, or ugly. It's, it's, uh, that's what's happening. Yep. Hey, Jay, it's 4th of July weekend. Who do you have coming up on Golf with Jay Delsing on Sunday morning? I got David Faraday, who, oh, uh, oh my gosh, is always a treat to, you know, I, I got to have the button out a lot, Randy, because <laughs> he keeps thinking that I'm on uh, cable, which, of course, he knows I'm not. But, yeah, so we have David Faraday this weekend. And he's got a great event coming up in St. Louis, doesn't he? He does. He's coming to St. Louis. He's coming to Meadowbrook uh, September uh, 28th. But don't forget about the Ascension Charity. Right. Before that, that'll be huge. And at Norwood, and oh, gosh, I can't wait for that. But, yeah, Faraday's coming to Meadowbrook uh, September 28th. He's going to play with Marshall Falk and Brett Hall and Chris Pronger and Ozzie Smith. And it's it's uh, they're going to raise some money for charity and have some laughs. And there's no telling what Faraday will say when he's got a microphone uh, in front of him. That is for sure, guys. That would be really entertaining. Jay, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you soon, and we'll get out on the course again soon. Look forward to it, guys. Anytime. Have a great day. See you. Take care. Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. So did you know when you got together with Michelle, she's a lefty golfer also? I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. The two of us will have to do some work together. Yeah, definitely. I shank everything. Everything is sliced. I mean, it's a disaster. I can't get the ball to go straight. So yeah, Family Golf and Learning Center. It's fantastic. Okay, I'll head over that, there. That, that's your spot. Coming up next, Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN.
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. Alexa Dat is in for Michelle. Matthew Rocchio is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Alexa, as Matthew has mentioned, the Phillies are going to start a left-hander by the name of Bailey Falter tonight at uh, Philadelphia. He, Falter, is 0-2 with a 4.50 earned run average. Take it or leave it against the young left-hander tonight in Philadelphia. Albert Pujols hits a home run. What are Pujols' uh, numbers against lefties? Righties, you have those updated for I me, Randy? I will get those for you in one moment. He is absolutely ridiculous against lefties. Yep. Uh, 302, 327, 512, and 838 OPS against left-handers. Two home runs, nine RBIs. How can I not take it? Yeah. That's a beautiful take. I love that take. Yeah. Give that guy a, a home run swing and a trot around the bases. Yeah. Albert Pujols, send one out. Sorry, Bailey. Bailey Falter, Falters. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah, sorry, dude. Uh, all right, Randy, take it or leave it. Dakota Hudson is a member of this starting staff come September. I'm going to leave that. Wow. And I laid out my reasoning yesterday, but I think Palante will be in there. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to have Wainwright. I think you're going to have Michaelis. Uh, and I think you're going to have, uh, who am I leaving? Mats. Mats. Okay. And then Mad Bum. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Frankie Montas doesn't fit that starting five for you? No, Mad Bum's my guy. Because okay. I'm getting Ian Kennedy in that trade, too. Oh, okay. With, the, with Arizona. Sorry. And who are you sending away? Well, one of the guys that they really need in Arizona is Paul DeYoung. Okay. Because Nick Ahmed is out, and DeYoung is, I think he's still in the top five in defensive runs saved yeah. for shortstops in the National League, even though he's been gone for a month and a half. They So they need some help there. His offense is picked. And the Cardinals will need to, they'll find a, a mid-level pitcher. Maybe somebody that wears the same number as Mad Bum to send to Arizona <laughs> oh. to uh, to make that deal. Depressing. Don't talk about those guys leaving. I can't handle it. I know. It's so sad. sad. They were talking about Juan Yepes being traded the other day. I was like, don't do it. Yeah, don't, no, how uh, are you doing this? I think for as Fastlane much patience. had Bader leaving and O'Neill leaving. I was like, you guys are on some kind of something. Don't yeah. bring that over here. One of the things, and, and Mo knows this, and Ali Marmol knows this, but... When when Harrison Bader plays, they generally win. Last year, they were 21 games over 500 when Bader played, three games under when he didn't. You really hope he can get that foot under control. Yeah, definitely. Because that ruined an Albert season, right? And mm-hmm. Albert didn't count on running as much. Yeah, plantar fasciitis is for sure a legit injury. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I've got Hudson going to the bullpen and Palante staying in the rotation. Interesting. I'm going to... I'm going to... Oof. <sighs> I'm going to take it. I think he's part of the rotation. And here's why. Because you need as many guys who are legitimate, actual starting pitchers to be in that rotation as possible. And while Palante will be there, uh, 
I'm a little unsure that Matt stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm unsure that Jack Flaherty is healthy. I'm not even. Are you counting on him? I'm not counting on him. Uh, yeah, you can't at this point. So you've got Hudson healthy. Yeah. He gets those ground ball outs. That's what this defense is set up for. So I think that yes, there's an addition made at the trade deadline, but he's also part of this rotation. All right, Matthew. What do we got on the text line six five seven eight zero? Take it or leave it. To Rob Manfred, baseball is nothing more than a weekday nine to five paycheck. I'm going to leave that. They had the big piece Don Van Natta did at ESPN.com, and he said that he watches three or four games a week at night when he's at home. So I'm going to say that that is not the case. Yeah, I'm going to leave that too. I have no beef with Ron Benfred. He's always been good to me. And he's going to try to make the game better. The game, it's not his fault that analytics took over the sport. I'm not a player. So from my perspective, working in the sport, for me, he's done basically everything he possibly can do. He's handcuffed in several ways. So for me, I think that... uh, from what he is able to do, he's done what he can. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Steven Matz pitches more innings this season than Jack Flaherty. Ooh, interesting. That's a good one. And I think I'm going to take it because at least Matz isn't dealing with the kind of shoulder issues that Flaherty is dealing with. I'm Anytime it's a shoulder and anytime the, the uh, arm angle is kind of weird like Jax was in his last start. I'm really concerned, and I'm really concerned about him. I'm going to take that, too. So right now, Stephen Matz has a 29-inning head start yeah. over Jack Flaherty with 37 and a third innings pitch to Jack Flaherty's just eight and uh, eight, eight, eight even. So 29 and a third innings right now that Stephen Matz has on Jack Flaherty. I think that's a pretty good bet. And they're going in opposite directions. Yeah. Matz yeah. is on his way back, and Flaherty is, is not. So. And my guess would be, again, based on what John Mozeliak said, that if Flaherty gets back on another rehab assignment, he is going to use the full 30 days. That's right. And he should. I, and that, that's exactly how you should have done it. Uh, take it or leave it. Despite what Doug Armstrong says, the Blues will pull off a big trade this offseason. Yeah, I'll take that. If What's a big trade? I would say moving Vladdy out the door so that you could open up cap space. That's a huge trade, by the way. It's an... That's a uh, earth-shaking trade for the Blues. Uh, mm, man, why do you feel so strongly now, though? Just because it's the off-season? Because that's not really his mm. mo. Well, he always talks about that puzzle, and I think it's almost impossible if you're looking over the next two or three years to build that puzzle with that seven and a half million dollars on the books for next year. And I don't think the Blues are going to sign him to a long-term contract. So the sensible move for the Blues would be to get assets for him before he walks out the door. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. I don't know. I think he sticks around. I'm going to leave that. I don't think they make a huge move. And he has all the power, by the way. Vladdy has the no trade clause. So if they want to send him to Detroit and he doesn't want to go there, he's not going there. That's a great point. Yep. Uh, take it or leave it. Mo Stick has become stale to the STL fans. He needs to take a moment and consider how to reconnect with the fans again. Well, I would suggest that, yeah, there are a lot of fans that don't like him simply because of the way he speaks, the way he dresses, and they have a tendency to not look at the results. And there's two things. As you've learned very quickly, Alexa, number one, there's a lot of Cardinal fans that expect to win the World Series every single year, right? <laughs> or every single day yep. is what I'm finding out. And right. And one of my fun facts is, and people that are listening and driving down the road have heard it maybe too much, but I will provide it to you in, late, in case you aren't aware of it. Since the end of the 2010 season, the Cardinals have spent five days. They've had five games where they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. 
They missed the playoffs in game 162 in 2016. They missed the playoffs with one game left in 2017. And in 2018, they were knocked out with four games left. Five games in 11 years where they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. We spent the first month of the season begging, asking, questioning this organization. When are we going to see Nolan Gorman? He's raking down there in the minors. I can't believe you don't have him up here. This is insanity. Now he's here along with 11 other rookies. They are dominating. They're doing exactly what fans wanted them to do. And it, it, there's, a, there's a complaint constantly about what, what's not going right. So uh, I'm like, but you're getting what you wanted and now you're not happy. Is this how it is always here? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and want, I you should, can never yeah. be happy. What is this? Yeah, so you understand. So. We get texts where people complain that Mo never makes in-season deals, while at the same time, again, cheering for a team that in the last three seasons has moved, for, or last four seasons has moved for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato. They're going to finish like one in three in the MVP voting, and people still are going to complain. But where's the mid-season move? Yeah, but yeah. I believe they got some pitchers at the trade deadline last year that ended up helping them out. That doesn't actually play well with the fans. And by the way, to the <laughs> texter's point, and Alexa... You'll agree with me, I think. I find when I talk to Mo, he's engaging, he's honest, he's funny. He's a good, so maybe it would be good for him to actually provide himself to people so that they can shake his hand and get to know him like we know him. Well, it's interesting because there are so many organizations around baseball where that role doesn't come out and speak every time a move is made, and he does. So the fact that he does provide himself to the media, that's his outlet in order to speak to the fans. So because he's not going around shaking hands, kissing babies, that's what people are complaining about. No, he's the face of it where he's on camera, he's talking to reporters, he's sitting down having these meetings with people to be able to touch the fans, to be able to reach Mm -hmm. them. And that does not happen in a lot of organizations around baseball. I could speak firsthand about that. So the fact that he does that, I mean, th- that's him connecting. I don't I don't know what more you want. He's kind of busy, to be honest. He's running a baseball team. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's Alexa Dadden for Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we want to hear what you think of the midpoint of the Cardinal season. A game out of first and they'll play the 81st game of the season Sunday night in Philly. You're next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. Alexa Dad is in for Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is also here. It's 8.06. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Cardinals are at Citizens Bank Ballpark in Philly tonight, the opener of a three-game series against the Phils. At the moment, after the loss that the Brewers suffered to the Pirates last night, the Cardinals are one game out of first as we approach the midpoint of the season. And Alexa and I, as you heard in the last segment, we're reasonably happy with where things stand. And Alexa, I just want to throw one thing out there before we get to the Tech 65780. And with the expanded playoffs... And with the injuries that, for example, the Phillies are dealing with right now, unless the Cardinals have serious injury issues, it's going to be hard for them to miss the playoffs. Yes, 100%. This team's making the postseason. I would bet my life on that. Because they have the depth, mm-hmm. Randy. That's the best thing, right? Harrison Bader's out right now in center field, so Carlson slides into that position. This dude, first of all, he's an extra base hit machine. 
uh, especially when he gets going and he's hot. He's one of 36 players in baseball to have hit in all nine spots. So the fact that he has that utility and the fact that he does play well in center field, it, it just speaks to next man up mentality. And that's what mm-hmm. this team has been doing all season. And it's got him a game out of first. That's pretty strong, especially when you're competing with the Brewers who have you know incredible starting pitching. But the Brewers aren't bringing up uh, Brendan Donovan to fill in when they have injuries. They aren't bringing up a Nolan Gorman That's right. when they have issues. When the, when Wonger went down, uh, not that they completely disintegrated, but they just don't have the level of prospects that the Cardinals are bringing to the table. That's right. Rotating these guys in and getting them not only the experience, but having them all come up together because they were the Memphis Mafia. They all yeah. played together and grew up together, support each other, and now they're here. It's kind of like, okay, well, we, we did this there. We can do it here just with upgraded accommodations. Right. All right, your text 65780. How do you feel about the Cardinals at the midpoint of the season? Matthew, what do you got? This is why I love Cardinal fans. Uh, 618, where's Alec Burleson? And then there was one from 618. Burleson should be up instead of Newt Bar, multiple exclamation points. So they're they're very, very angry about one specific roster move that hasn't been made for the fifth rookie to come contribute on this team. How dare John Mosaylock? Well, the Cardinals would like Burleson to play every day and to get more experience. And he is going to be a Cardinal at some point soon. He is immensely talented. But... The Cardinals feel like, with Donovan and with O'Neal and with Dylan Carlson and with Juan Yepes, that they have enough ability to cover those outfield spots at the moment without having to bring Burleson up. And you want to be able to get the guys who are here as much playing time as you can. Yeah. I mean, Edmundo Sosa, he's you know stepping in there and filling out, filling in admirably, uh, especially offensively. If I, the guy's got a couple of triples under his belt this week, and that's a difficult spot to come in off the bench and, you know, do your job. Mm-hmm. But that is your job. But when you've got these young guys who are here who all they need is to see more reps, to play as much as possible, fitting them in, making sure that they get that, it, you got to make you got to take care of that business first before and you bring those young guys up. While Alec Burleson is having a great deal of success at Memphis, and while he is immensely talented, he has 719 career at bats in minor league baseball. He's a baby. He's, yeah, he's got a season and a half under his belt. So let's just cool the Jets on Alec Burleson. How dare they, Randy? I absolutely love Mo. On all the loud, can never be satisfied fans make it really difficult at times. Well. It, I, I don't think you have to love him, but I think you have to respect what has been accomplished here in the number 23 market. Granted, the Cardinals do have a huge fan base and they, they do make a lot of money. But, Alexa, you and I were talking during the break. Within the budget that he's given by ownership, mm-hmm. the puzzles that he has put together over the course of the last 11 years have been really impressive. And to me, it's one of the most impressive things about the organization that they are constantly competitive and also have all of these young players. I mean, think about it. The other players around baseball who are competing for Rookie of the Year are on teams that are absolutely dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about them. Nobody's watching except for, for these young rookies and maybe the families of these of these players. And by the way, if, you, if we ask, and we have, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado why they wanted to come to St. Louis, it's because they wanted a chance to win. That's right. The players feel like they have a chance to win the World Series. Some of the best players of this era feel like if they come to St. Louis, they have a chance, and they haven't been disappointed yet. They both love it. That's why a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, who might not be the most vocal player on the team, will still use his insight to 
I don't want to say lecture, but to talk to some of these younger players if they have a big moment in the game, but next at bat, maybe they don't, you know, run out a, a play. He's going to pull him aside and be like, hey, just to let you know, we're here to win. That's what this is. Love that you, you know, you got your first MLB hit. That's cool. But you can't be up there too high because we got to keep on moving. This is trying to win a championship here. That's that's our goal. Yep. Let's get one more, Matthew. Uh, it's typical recent Cardinals baseball. Mo gets a team together that will win 85 to 90 games and make the playoffs and then lose early. And he's happy with how the season is going. Well, how dare he put together a 91 team, Randy? See, what a jerk. And the Yankees, general, how, how can you not be happy with the way things are going if you're a Yankee fan right now? But they haven't been to a World Series or won a World Series since 2009. They're 56 yep. and 21. Yep. But as we've mentioned, it's hard to win the World Series every year. You know, the Dodgers went 32 years without winning a World Series. Uh, and then they lost it a couple of times. Yeah, the, the Cubs went more than 100. And these are our big market franchises. The Angels haven't won since 2002. It's hard to win the World Series. And I think we we lose sight of that here in St. Louis. I think we're spo- I know we're spoiled. Uh, we spoiled, yes. Yeah. I mean, oh man, I don't want Cardinals fans to hate me, but y'all are so spoiled. Yeah. Could you imagine turning on the TV right now and you got the Cardinals game coming up and they are not even in it? They're, they've been out for a month. Uh, that, that's not even a thought in the imagination of a Cardinals fan. And the beauty of that is what this organization has been able to do with the budget they have and the players that they have not only raised in you know the organization but brought in. I was talking to Willie McGee the other day, and I mentioned to him that I loved Joe Torre because he always reminded us how hard the game is to play. And Willie pointed out, he said, he's so right. It's hard to play the game. It's hard to win a game in Major League Baseball. One game. It's true. So think about winning enough to get to the playoffs, enough to get to the World Series, and enough to win the World Series. That's super, super, super hard. The fact that you can talk about the Cardinals and have a lot of positives to say day in and day out, Mm -hmm. year after year after year. And it's a conversation around the city. It's a conversation when, you know, you travel elsewhere that you're, you know, proud to be a Cardinals fan. Like that carries some weight. And that's definitely not something to be taken advantage of. That's Alexa Dat in for Michelle, Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. And coming up next, the center fielder of the last Cardinal World Championship team, John Jay, joins us in studio. He's got an event coming up, and he's going to tell us about it on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carricker and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Data Valley Sports is in for Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker, and joining us here in studio is the center fielder for the last Cardinal World Championship team, John Jay, who's got an event coming up on July 10th over at Family Golf and Learning Center. We're, we're going to talk about that. We'll start with that, and we'll, we'll finish with that. John Jay, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And I, I want to hear about the foundation. What is the goal, the objective of the John Jay Family Foundation? Yeah, so, um, you know, my family and I, we've always been involved with uh, kind of um, philanthropy. Um, in the past, we'd always partner with different organizations. And, um, you know, over the last couple uh, months, you know, we have really wanted to establish our own foundation. So we finally did that. And then, uh, you know, short notice on this event. But, um, you know, Adam Betts and myself are, are pretty good friends. He's, he's the owner over at Family Golf, which is an unbelievable facility. And actually, Daniel Descalzo is throwing out the first pitch uh, this Friday coming up. 
And obviously, Daniel's my partner. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I told Adam last week or so, I was like, hey, why don't we do like a quick impromptu event just to kind of get this out there and, you know, we'll bun it up as a year, you know, next year and we'll just get it going on. But let's just get awareness to, uh, you know, kind of our, our partnership and what we're trying to do in the community. So, you know, really just looking to impact um, different, um, you know, different groups in, in the St. Louis community. Um, one of them is the the Golf Foundation of Missouri that, that provides you know, um, golf lessons and, and for kids that otherwise weren't able to do that, um, organizations like Boys and Girls Club. So um, just kind of start doing a lot more things in the community here. Awesome. Great. And by the way, if people want to get involved, it's Sunday night, July 10th. It's from 6 to 10 at Family Golf. Just go to Eventbrite, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com, and search the J Family Foundation. RJ, let's jump into this season. Watching this Cardinals team, we've been hearing from fans all morning long. They want, you know, they want younger prospects to be coming up. They want, you know, a trade. They're they're all uh, up in arms, and I'm sure, as you know, Cardinals fans very well, uh, never satisfied. For you, what do you see from this team right now with the game out at first place and what they've been able to put together pretty much halfway through the season? Yeah, so it's, to all the fans, patience. Patience yeah. is key. And I think, <laughs> no, but we joke around about it, but like you look back at the 2011 team, right? We were out of it, and, you know, we weren't supposed to be anywhere and we went, we went on an incredible run and we kind of saw that last year here. We're at the end of the year on an incredible run, make the playoffs. So, you know, the current team is in a, in a great position to, um, you know, accomplish the goals, which is first to get to, Octo to play off baseball in October. So they just got to keep playing good baseball. And, you know, there's great veteran leadership, obviously, with Albert and Wayno, and you got two studs and, and Goldie and, and Nolan. So, I mean, there's so much... Um, there's so much potential for this team. They just got to keep playing. And obviously, you know, the name of the game and, and everything is staying healthy. So, you know, I like uh, the Cardinals' chances. John, we see Gorman and we see Donovan, we see Herrera, we see James Nail the other night. How much fun was it for you to be in the original Memphis Mafia? And how much fun must these guys be have having being just a few months removed from Memphis and now playing at the major league level? Yeah, it's so cool to see young guys come up and, and make an impact on the game. And, you know, these are the future stars. This is the future of the team. So it's so cool. And especially uh, for these younger guys, I look back at myself and, like, the group we had, Descalzo, Craig, and Freeze, you know, we got to play with some solid veterans. I mean, Hall of Fame veterans, the same way these guys are getting to play with Yadi and Wayno and, and Albert and Nolan and the names we named, you know, Goldie. So for them, it's super exciting to, you know, be up in the big leagues and then be in a winning environment. You know, those are two different things. You know, you can be up in the big leagues and not winning, which is kind of miserable. And mm -hmm. then you can come up to the big leagues, play for a team like the Cardinals and be at Bush Stadium every day and, and really be, you know, it's, it's really a blessing. So, you know, for those guys, this is, uh, this is as good as it's going to get. How interesting is the mix and the chemistry on this team of future Hall of Famers, all-stars and veterans who are just playing otherworldly right now, and then these young rookies who are coming up and blowing the doors off of the league? Yeah, and that, that's kind of the combination that you that you want to have. And like I said, you know, for these guys, it's amazing. You look to your right, there's a Hall of Famer. You look to your left, there's a, you know, a possible MVP. And it's really a privilege to play for an organization like the Cardinals and to be in that type of setting. You know, there's guys that go out there and never have a chance to win, you know, have had unbelievable careers or whatnot. So, you know, for these young guys, it's really just cherishing being here in St. Louis and, and really taking advantage of that. John Jay with us on 101 ESPN Sunday, July 10th, the Jay Family Foundation event at Family Golf and Learning Center. You can get tickets at eventbrite.com and search J Family Foundation. You played with Goldie in Arizona, right? Correct. What's the best thing about having Paul Goldschmidt as a teammate? I mean, the guy is the ultimate, the ultimate teammate, ultimate player. I mean, he leads by example. He speaks up when he needs to speak up to. And, and like I said, I think the biggest thing is when your best player is is your hardest worker and, and your you know your example. That's that's all you can ask for. And he's a guy that really cares about you know 
you personally on the field and off the field. So, you know, he's the type of guy that, you know, I have two daughters. Like, hopefully they marry a, a Paul Goldstein. <laughs> so you played with Goldie in Arizona. So did Daniel. And Daniel also played with Nolan in Colorado. Did you guys talk about when, when the Arenado trade was made? Holy cow, the Cardinals have these two? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, Nolan's a good friend of mine. And after the trade, you know, just, you know, we talked and just kind mm-hmm. of gave him the scouting report on St. Louis. And I told him how much he's going to love it. You know, when you get to wake up. And worry about winning every single day. It's the best feeling in the world as a, as a baseball player. So for him to get to experience that every day, it's awesome. And you know, obviously, we've seen what he's done the last couple of years and what he brings to the table. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Being part of this game, seeing a guy like Adam Wainwright go out there every five days and just shove at this age that he's still doing it. I mean, and the fact that he's evolved throughout his game, how impressive is that to watch? It's impressive. And you said the key word is, is evolved. You know, he's not the Adam Wainwright when he came up throwing ninety five, ninety six. But he's found a way to, you know, to pitch. And he pitches out there and, and he prepares himself. So the thing I always tell people is, I mean, look at him. Look what he's doing out there. But let's let's talk about off the field, you know, the way he prepares, the way he takes care of his body. And that's what's led him to prolong his career for so long and, and have the success he's having right now. And, John, along those lines, you were with Albert for a while last year with Anaheim before you both departed the Angels. But he has become such a mentor, too, hasn't he? I don't know if he was that way in 11 because he was just so intense. You know, and when your time with him here, he was preparing to be great. But now it seems like every time we see a shot of him in the dugout, he's talking to somebody, helping somebody along. Yeah, and I mean, he was always helpful, you know, in the prime of his career. But like you said, you, you're the best player in the game. There's so much responsibility you have every single day. So, you know, I always say early, you know, when I was with him, you know, he led by example. I got to watch him and he had great advice and he was always open. You know, if, if I came up to him with whatever I needed, he was always there. If you had any pointers. But now to kind of sit back and, you know, be in the role he's in, he has a lot more time to do this. And it's so special to see what he's doing for these kids, you know, and, and really just passing along the game of baseball. And, you know, it's, it's awesome that he's here in St. Louis um, this year and, and he gets to share his knowledge with these guys. And, you know, that's something that these guys will take with them for the rest of their careers and, you know, hopefully keep the tradition of, of Cardinal baseball going. Has anything surprised you this season from the younger players, you know, kind of busting out and having a good year so far or uh, maybe somebody coming in and, and just, you know, having an incredible outing? Anything jump out to you and say, like, wow, this is pretty cool and special that this happened this season? Um. It, it is pretty cool and it is pretty special, but for me, it's not to surprise. And that's a testament to the organization and, and player development. And, you know, we've we've had that here in St. Louis where, you know, somebody goes down and some young guy c- comes up and it's like, yeah, we followed this guy, but we didn't think he was going to do as good as he's going to do. And I think that's been a big key to success here in, in St. Louis. And that's something that we've seen, you know, from this organization. Okay, I want you to take me back to your vision, what's in your mind's eye, 10th inning, Game 6, 2011 World Series. I had forgotten that it was you and Decal coming up against a left-handed pitcher with the Cardinals <laughs> down two. So take me back to that situation with with you and Daniel coming up. Yeah, and it's funny like Daniel and I like you know he, he's Batman, I'm Robin. He's Robin, I'm Batman. Like we we switch off, but um he let off that inning and, and he honestly he gave me peace of mind with the at bat he had. I think he saw seven pitches. He had a line drive to the right field. So for me standing on deck, you know obviously there's a, a lot going on and and uh, watching him do that kind of gave me like. A sense of just calmness like man my boy just went up there and did it like now it's my turn i'm gonna keep this line moving so you know that's something that it, it's super cool we're like you know he's my best friend our, our wiser best friends our kids and like to have that you know moment in history that we're linked forever like that it, it's something that's super special and you think about that loche coming up and getting the bunt down and then 
the at bats following. Albert gets walked and the the Berkman hit. Man, there were and that at bat. There were so many tough at bats in that inning. And that team was that that was like part of what that team was, right? Just down the stretch. But that was just an unbelievable inning. Yeah, I mean, and you said you know that team was tough, and I think that stemmed from you know starts from the top down. You know, with Larusa, you know, Larusa. Mm-hmm. That's what he instilled in us, and that's kind of what kept our season going. But yeah, to come in that inning, you know. Daniel gets the hit, I get the hit, and then like Loge comes off the bench, you know, to bunt, which is not the easiest thing to do, and and, <laughs> and puts down a good bunt, gets the job done, and then you know they walk Albert, then Lance comes up with a huge hit, and just sets it up for for um, you know for freeze, and so it's just so special looking back, and I think the most special thing about um, that World Series and that playoff run is you can look at every game and one person, you know. Somebody had a, a different impact every day. You can look at that whole roster and say, oh, I remember when this guy did this, this guy did that. And I always point Jake Westbrook. You know? Yep, got that he win. Right? A, a clean mm-hmm. inning in game six. His only inning he threw gets a win. Like, that, that was the biggest win for us. So that's a, the special part about the team. It's not like one guy just took over the whole time. Obviously, Freeze took over and Kreger as well and a mm-hmm. lot of different guys. But, you know, everybody had kind of like a little moment that kind of put the piece to the puzzle, which is huge. Hmm, depth. Interesting. That reminds me of uh, another Cardinals team. Oh, yeah, the current one on yeah, the field. Exactly. Uh, Cardinals fans. Love it. By the way, Brandy and I are blinded by your ring. You walk in here, man. You got to give us some warning. You got to give us some shades. We in need order some Tomahawk to, uh, sunglasses. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Right. I got to, to be able to protect our eyes. Do you, you wear the ring often where do you keep it how do you, uh, how do you keep it safe honestly i take the ring with me almost everywhere good for you um, good but for I don't, you I, mean, I don't wear i don't wear it all the time but um yeah i just wear it for special occasions if i'm going to do some fun things or whatnot and i i feel like i wear it a lot more now because i'm doing things like this going on radio or uh-huh. you know kids camps or just doing you know out in the community more but it's something i cherish and you know, it just represents so many things for me, and uh, you know, obviously, it's it's super special. Have you ever lost it or like a, had any sort of a close call? No, let's knock on that one. Good but for I, you. I have Good not lost you. it or, or left I've it back. I've heard some horror stories. I mean, I've left stuff back in hotels before. I've left jewelry before. I've left different things, but thank God, I've never left this. Behind not it. the ring. Hopefully, and we <laughs> got to knock on that one. So, <laughs> so and. The best sunglasses are worn by baseball players and golfers, and you and Daniel started a business, Tomahawk Sunglasses. I'm sure with that in mind that you wanted to have a high-quality product. How's that going? Yeah, everything's going well. So we actually partnered um, um, with with Tomahawk Shades. So Andrew Shapiro and his brother Ryan started this out in Long Island, New York. But the cool thing with this is um, um, Chris Hogan's actually a, a, a part owner. So is Kyle Harrison. So Chris Hogan was obviously an NFL player, world champion. And then Kyle Harrison's one of the most legendary lacrosse players that, that has ever lived. So that's pretty cool where we bring that you know unique aspect to a lot of athletes being behind this. So it's been fun just getting involved with marketing and just kind of spreading the product. And, you know, it's fun being in this business world now where you kind of start over in the minor leagues and then you kind of work your way up. So it's been a lot of fun um, you know, getting involved. We're, um, you know, we're small batch. Uh, everything's tested, uh, high quality, and the the best thing I love is affordable. You know, it's not like a, a high design. You know, obviously high designer stuff, but um, it's cool and all that. But it's it's something that's affordable, and it's something I really I'm pr- proud of being a part of. So Google Tomahawk Shades. There it is, John Jay. Great to see you. And again, the foundation event happening Sunday night, July 10th at Family Golf and Learning Center, six to 10 p.m. And you can get tickets by going to eventbrite.com and just search J Family Foundation and if they ju- if you just do a Google search for the J Family Foundation you can find it as well. Thanks for what you're doing in the community. We're, we're thrilled to have you as part of it and uh, the great Ben Boyd. Oh yeah, the link for uh, the, the event is on our Twitter as well. So just go to 101 ESPN's Twitter page and you'll be able to find information about that. But it's great to have you here in town and uh, by the way you're, you're in great hands with the great Ben Boyd. Oh, Ben Boyd's been taking care of me for the last couple 
couple of weeks. It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's been amazing. He's, so. a, he's a good man. Thanks, John. Good seeing you. Thanks. Yeah, I look forward to coming back here. Uh, you know, I'm around all summer in St. Louis, so uh, I'll, I'll definitely be back. We'll do it again. All right. Thanks. John Jay on 101 ESPN. Alexa, Matthew, Randy, and The Fight coming up next. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. And Smallman, Randy Carragher stepped out for a second, getting ready to prepare for the fight. One of my favorite segments on the show. I am Alexa Dapp, by the way, filling in for Michelle Smallman, who is taking a much-needed vacation. Hats off to her. So, Average Joe Listener actually is a fitting nickname for our fighter today because his name is Joey. Joey, welcome to the show. Are you prepared? How are you feeling? Have you taken your vitamins this morning? Thanks, Alexa. Uh, haven't really taken any vitamins, but I'm getting ready to go to the golf course, so I'm uh, at, as at peace as can be. Okay, I like that. Peace, calm, cool, collected, tranquil. He's going to need that and against yeah, Randy. Joey, let me know. It's his birthday tomorrow, so can Joey gift himself a little bit of a birthday present here on a Friday? We'll have to see. Happy early birthday. Hopefully you make this worth it. All right, Joey, you ready? Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Here we go. Well, we just had John Jay in studio, so this is a tribute to him. Question number one. How many times did John Jay hit double-digit home runs? Zero, once, or twice, Joey? Uh, I'll say he did that once. Mark Appel had a strong outing in his much-covered debut after becoming the longest number one overall pick to make said debut. What NL MVP was drafted behind him with the number two overall pick in the 2013 MLB draft? Was that Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, or Chris Bryant? Had to be Yelich. On this day, the first ever Olympic Games were opened outside of Europe. Which city held those games? New York, Chicago, or St. Louis? I know St. Louis has had one before, so I'm going to go with St. Louis. And happy birthday to Michael Waka. Currently on pace for about 15 wins, he would still come up short of his career high in W's. What is that career high? Is it 16, 17, or 18? Oh, man. Uh, Gosh, I know he was really good early on in his career. Um, We're going to go with... I want to say 18. I'm going to go with 18. Okay, Joey. Checking the score? Checking the score? Checking for score score for Joey. Did you get the same score as I did? Yes. All right, cool, cool. I just want to make sure. Okay, okay. We're on the same page. Bring in Randy. We're connecting here. All right, I'm going to flip my page over so Randy can't peek. He's got quick eyes. He is jogging in here, ready for the fight, taking off the robe, but he's got the gloves on. Don't take off the whole robe, Randy. Make sure you have the trunks on, okay? Hey, I I am... I've had to work with HR people before, so I'm not gonna. I'm not going back, back into that office. I was wondering where Alexa. he was going with that, Matthew. <laughs> okay, Randy, how are you feeling this morning with this fight? Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Good. I like that. 
Joey is celebrating his birthday tomorrow. Joey, happy birthday tomorrow. Happy Bobby Bonilla in Canada Day today. <laughs> and enjoy your weekend. He did not take any vitamins, but he is on his way to the golf course. So he is at peace, he said. Hopefully uh, he can he can win this fight. Or at least, uh, you know, try and uh, best you. We'll Joey, see. where are you playing? Uh, Brook Hills in Springfield, Illinois. Have a great time. All right, Randy, Thank here we go. So Question number okay. one. Mm-hmm. How many times did John Jay as he just had him in studio, mm-hmm. hit double-digit home runs. Seems like he only did it, if he did it once, I'm going to go with one. Seems like he did have a, a double-digit home run season. And I'm only going with the Cardinals. I don't I don't think he did it with anybody else, so I'll say one. Is it Appel? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Appel, okay. Mark Appel had a strong outing in his much-covered debut after becoming the longest number one overall pick to make his debut. Mm-hmm. What NL MVP was drafted behind Appel with the number two overall pick in the 2013 MLB draft? Ironic that we were just talking about the now irrelevant Chris Bryant just a few moments ago. It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> On this day, the first ever Olympic Games were opened outside of Europe. Which city held those games? I believe that those games outside of Europe would have been uh, right here in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm going to go with America. (laughs) Happy birthday to Michael Waka. He's currently on pace for 15 wins, about 15. It's Mm -hmm. like 15.6. He would still come up short of his career high in wins. What is his current career high in wins for a season? I think he won 17 the year the Cardinals won 100 games in 2015. I'm going to go with 17 wins as Michael Walker's career high. All right, let me tally this all up. This is uh, this is actually this is a pretty interesting one. This is a, this is going to be a good. One. Are you ready for this reveal, fans? Are you ready? Can Randy be taken down by average Joe listener Joey, who is celebrating his birthday tomorrow? Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! Still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Brought to you by High and Dry Foundation Repair, home of the non-commission-based sales force and hassle-free warranty. Just win, baby. I'm unstoppable today. Don't stop believing. There we go. Well, Randy, congratulations. You went four for four. Joey, you did your best. Two for four, 50%, not bad. Baseball player, that's a that's a Hall of Fame average. So for uh, for your efforts, we applaud you, Joey, and congratulations on uh, on the two that you got right. Happy birthday tomorrow as well. Thank you so much. Uh, it was fun playing, and it's hard to beat the Jack is all I can say. That's hey, right. Thank you very much, and uh, average Joey listener, I enjoyed competing against you. Thanks, Randy. I'm going to try to shoot par for you. There you Have go. Go time. enjoy your golf. Yeah, good luck. It's not a bad consolation prize. Joey with us on 101 ESPN. Randy, you are just a bucket of knowledge. I can't. You're an encyclopedia. It's incredible. But only sports. Yeah, but that's fine. That's yeah, all I need. That's all I got going for me. That's, hey. that, that's, hey. that's really what matters. Number three, I'm counting number three as a history question. You got that, all right? I'm counting number three as a history question. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit sports, Waka? but it's, no, the Olympics one. Oh, the Olympics. Yeah, you yeah. got that one right. So, a uh, little aside for you, those big houses on Lindell, right across the street from Forest Park, those were built as hotels for the 1904 World's Fair and Olympics. Those houses, because we lived in a smaller world in 1904, they were built, they were hotels. That's incredible. When you see what the promenade looked like 
when the World's mm-hmm. Fair was here. It was beautiful. It was the structures they had built around. Yeah, it was do, really nice. Do yourself a favor. Go to the uh, Missouri History Museum. Um, whenever you get a chance, it's free. You lost me um, at museum. Sorry, I just I can't. Are you really? I can't, yeah. Don't, no, trust me. The Missouri History Museum is awesome because they have the giant like per- perpetual exhibit for the 1904 World's Fair and the Olympics and like the pictures and the artist renderings of like what St. Louis and what South St. Louis looked like in 1904, especially as somebody who grew up down there, it will blow your mind when you drive around it now and you see just how different it was and how the facelift it got is really cool. I need to be interactive. Artist that's renderings, fair. that's the two most boring words you could possibly have said to me. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's maps too. How about that? I'm not intelligent. I wasn't. I'm not <laughs> kind of coming in here and calling myself Einstein. I'm just talking sports. Me and you. <laughs> That's Alexa in for Michelle. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, Alexa's podcast partner Danny Wexelman joins us on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, we've got some podcast partners here. Alexa Dad is in for Michelle. And joining us right now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is a product of Eureka High School, one of the uh, shining stars of the St. Louis metro area from Sirius XM and a friend of the show, Danny Wexelman. Good morning, Danny. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Good morning to my friends. I'm so happy to be here. Literally, Alexa was texting me yesterday. Lex, I'm sorry I didn't text you back yet. And I'm like, oh, we're going to be talking on the radio together. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi. Good morning, Danny. I miss you. You owe me a visit here to St. Louis. Me and Mary are awaiting your arrival. I know. I have to come. I need to see everybody, especially you. And of course, my mom. I owe my mom a visit for sure. That's right. Okay. uh, Obviously, it's a pretty obvious podcast uh, name. That's what she said with Danny. (laughs) But who came up with it? So I had the podcast before Danny joined for several years. It was an all sports podcast based in New York, and I interviewed a bunch of New York athletes. But I've always been a fan of The Office. I'm still a fan. I watch it every single day. <laughs> so Michael Scott, you know, that's what she said has been my catchphrase. I've stolen it for, uh, you know, he stole Wayne Gretzky's. I stole his. And, the, you know, the, the thievery just continues. So that's that's where that's from. Okay, good. And. You two both do fantastic work at at what you do. And, Danny, we know you're a Cardinal fan. And kind of the question of the day is, as we reach the midpoint of the season, Sunday night the Cardinals will play game number 81. How are you feeling about the Cardinals? I feel really optimistic and excited about what's ahead for them. I know that the injury bug has been biting them, I think, throughout the season. The, the starting rotation, the bullpen has felt it. And then you've got some of your position players who are dealing with some nagging, annoying injuries, too. But if you look at this team, they're in second place in the National League Central. They're, I believe, a half a game behind the Brewers. And they've made up a little bit of ground in the last month, and they're heading into the All-Star break. They have a tough couple of matchups coming up before then, but I think that all in all, based on the injuries that the Cardinals have sustained – the fact that they're still in second place, they're keeping pace with the Brewers. I think they're going to overtake the Brewers, potentially going into All-Star or post-All-Star break. I feel really good about what they've done, and I think that they haven't even hit their stride or their peak and, and with a couple of the guys on the team and the bats that they have because, really, who can keep up with Paul Goldschmidt right now and what he's doing? But you know there's a couple other guys who still have yet to peak on this team. 
Danny, I got to give some love to Cardinals fans because I've been bashing them on the show all morning and now they're yelling at me on the text line. So Cardinals fans are some of the greatest fans. I'm telling you, their loyalty is unlike anything I've ever experienced. And they love watching these rookies who have come up. You know, Juan Yepes, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, even Palante and Zach Thompson. You've got these guys who are just making a huge difference on the team and St. Louis is buzzing about it. But how come on the national stage some of these rookies are getting snubbed? You've got a national radio show. Can we give some of these love to some more love to these rookies wait i can't believe that anybody would be bashing you you are you are a fair and true journalist alexa that i can't believe that don't bash my friend out there (laughs) don't do that to her i would say that this we see this all the time because the cardinals play in the midwest and the teams that are midwest based rarely get the national headlines it's truly there is an east coast bias and you see it all the time i would even say you could say that for the california teams the dodgers and the giants and the padres that their rookies and their younger players get a lot more publicity than guys in the midwest i just think that it's it's just an overlooked spot no matter you're talking cardinal baseball or anything else but what i will say is that it never seems to bother them And you put these guys in these situations and they're playing with future Hall of Famers and they're just, they just fit and it just works. And they play really good baseball, really sound baseball. No one has ever come up to me and said, the Cardinals are the sexiest team in baseball, but that's not their (laughs) MO. They they don't care to be that. They care to play sound, good, solid baseball because that wins ballgames. And when you've got a lot of drama going on, which we see, I think, with other teams in Major League Baseball, that's sometimes where the attention goes, but don't get it twisted. These guys are professionals. And let me tell you some of the best at it. And and you still have guys. I mean, you guys know, I, I love to cover the high school prospects and, and the college guys too. You know, you have Jordan Walker in triple a and Mason Wynn, two guys that are going to be making some pretty loud noise with the club potentially in the next couple of years. And no one's really talking about them. They're talking about Anthony Volpe and the Yankees every day, but the, the Cardinals and the Midwest, they're, they're definitely something to pay extra attention to always in my eyes, but even in my national eyes, I swear, I swear. <laughs> By the way, Danny, how about Matt Holiday's son? Oh, oh my gosh, you guys. So this upcoming draft, Jackson Holiday could potentially be, a first round pick and they they also have Ethan Holiday the younger the younger brother too who is a superstar but what's been cool about Jackson Holiday following him the past couple of years is the growth that he's had and how he's really made a name for himself outside of being Matt's son Jackson is really impressive I'm excited to see what he's able to do I I believe he's committed to Oklahoma State that's where Matt's brother is the head coach, but I don't see him getting on campus I really don't he he's a phenomenal top prospect Danny, of all the young guys that you cover, who do you think is going to wow fans the most once they get to the bigs that not only has the personality, but has the ability to take, you know, maybe a a bite out of the national stage? I would say off the top of my head, I'm going to go with this year's draft class, and that would be Tremar Johnson. Tremar is Atlanta-based, and he's been number one in his class. He's a shortstop, and he's just got... Every tool you want to see, the kid has it all on the field. And then his personality is larger than life. He is so relatable, conversational. I'm like, how old are you? You're 18 years old. (laughs) He's taking college classes while he's still technically a senior in high school. He's got, it comes from a great family, but Tremar Johnson is a name that you, you get Tremar Johnson on your team. You get a franchise changing player 
100%. Danny, as we mentioned, you have a national show. You do talk a lot of East Coast baseball. And the Yankees legitimately earned it. They're, they're 56 and 21. Do the Yankees have a vulnerability? Can, can they be beat? Oh my gosh, you guys. So this question keeps popping up because everyone's just trying to take a magnifying glass to this team. There isn't a ton that you can point to. The only thing that I've mentioned, and this isn't going to keep them from winning a potential World Series, but I think that Joey Gallo needs to be traded. Joey Gallo's batting ninth. I, I haven't watched the last two days, but I don't. he hasn't had a hit since June 17th, unless he did in the past two days. And you feel for him because he's a former all-star. He, he's a, a great player, but he's not fitting in with this club. And so if you're going to waste space on your bench, if you're going to waste space in your roster, or even in the outfield, he just hasn't been able to make the adjustments. I would say, like, you have to bring – somebody else in to provide for you but also you you need one more arm the staff has been great their starters finally gotten a great rhythm they've got a great bullpen uh roll this chapman maybe maybe you need somebody who can come back into the bullpen and and help a little bit everyone needs arms but the yankees are terrifying aaron judge is going to get a monster contract and good for him because he bet on himself but they're they're going to be the team to beat in my eyes Speaking of bringing guys in, is there a pitcher out there, Danny, that whose name maybe hasn't been floated around or, or even that has that you've been watching and kind of waiting for to make the move, the jump, and potentially could land with the Cardinals like a Frankie Montas and Mad Bum kind of a name? Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about this because I knew you guys were going to ask because this is on everyone's mind. And I'm. it's funny because do you guys have Kyle Gibson coming up? Yes, in we a little do. Bit? Okay, so I don't think Kyle Gibson's going to be traded, but... He is a 2023 free agent. So if he wants to reunite with the Cardinals, maybe it is next season, but I don't think he's going to be leaving at the trade deadline. I was looking and I was searching. I haven't really come up with a bona fide name that I think that the Cardinals could take. I do think that if they can get a couple of their guys healthy and back off the COVID IL, back from, you know, these little nagging injuries, if Jack can come back and get this sorted out, I don't know if they really need to make a giant splash. I know they're not going to go out and get Frankie Montas. I think that he's too expensive. They're not going to get Luis Castillo from the Reds. That doesn't make any sense. I just think they need a middle reliever to come in and help out. I think every other aspect has been pretty sound. If you look at the numbers, they've consistently all season long, their staff as a whole has been in the top 10. Honestly, their staff has been top 10. Their their offense has been top 10. Ryan Helsley, who's really coming to his own, he's like top three, top four among relievers in all of Major League Baseball with the numbers that he's provided. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to make a big splash, and I don't know the name. I think a little bit more has to unfold in the next week before All-Star, before a name could pop out. But I looked, and I, no, one, no one stands out to me that I could see the Cardinals seeing as a really great fit right now. All right, last thing with Danny Wexelman and Alexa Dat in for Michelle Smallman. So Danny is from St. Louis, went east. Uh, Alexa from the east came to St. Louis. And Danny, you, you had a tweet the other day, a retreat that struck me from Matt Veerling of, of the Phillies, who said, I put ranch dressing on everything. Like if I'm having Emo's pizza, I have a side of ranch. Okay, so I, I've got, and I don't know if I've stolen some material from the podcast or not, but with apologies to uh, Mad Dog Russo, Danny and Alexa, Emo's Pizza. <laughs> Give me something on that. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't believe that Matt Veerling, he went all in, right? I was like, he, I was like, dude, you're on my side. Thank you so much for helping me out because nobody, nobody loves my Emo's Pizza and my ranch dressing. Lex, I don't even think you've gone into it yet, but 
I would say, like, there's nothing better. I love New York-style pizza. It's really, really good, but I'll never go home and not eat Emo's with a giant side of ranch. Like, I'm, I'm St. Louis through and through, like. Yeah, I'm just going to be honest. I hate Emo's pizza. I think it's disgusting. I'm not into it at all. I know. You can hate me for it. It's just my taste. Like, you don't like me because I don't like pizza. No, That's we fine. Love you. We don't need to be friends. We love you. But, um, <laughs> but I'm also in the camp that New York pizza is overrated, also. So I'm not over here standing on this hill of like, but New York pizza is the best. I, I'm just really. Randy, we can get her. Randy, we can get her. Not one with day. Emos. I know it. We can make You know it what happen. I like? I like Lido's pizza, and nobody knows about it. It's a Maryland thing, and it's delicious. Square pizza, sweet sauce. That's my joint. Okay, I was real gonna cheese, ask, well, real cheese. Agree. Can we start there? Pizza's real cheese. Yeah. I, I was going <laughs> to ask Alexa what pizza hill you're willing to die on here. Yes, the Lido's. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Oh man, but we love her anyway. We still take her, and I know that St. Louis has fallen in love with her, and I'm so proud of everything you've done. Like seriously, it's been amazing. When I get texts from my friends, Randy, talking about what they've seen Alexa do, or even going and taking pictures with her and sending them to me, like. Nothing makes me happier in my life. It's been amazing. We have switched places a little bit, but I wouldn't want to see it with any other friend of mine. It's been amazing. No, we love having Alexa in town, and we're exceptionally proud of you, as you know. And we love having you on the show. Oh, my God. I love being here. Thanks for always having me back. And two of my favorite people, too. Tell Michelle I said hi. And let's have a great week leading into All-Star. Yeah, let's do Definitely. it. Love you, Danny. <laughs> Take care. Love you. Bye, guys. See you later. Danny Wexelman of SiriusXM. You can follow her on Twitter at Danny Wex. Coming up next, a huge day in sports yesterday with the NBA and college sports. We'll touch on that before. Opinions matter. Time now for today's Big Thing with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Seidenstricker Noby John Deere. Find them online at snpartners.com. It's 9.05 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle is on vacation. Alexa Dat in this morning. Great to have Alexa with us in studio. And we've got Kyle Gibson of the Phillies coming up in just a few minutes. But Alexa, such a huge day in sports yesterday. And the Cardinals obviously were off. But it was free agency day in the NBA. And I love the term. Fans like the transaction better than the action. And I think Mm. we do. Mm -hmm. And so with a day like yesterday, where you not only have free agency starting and a lot of big contracts, but then you get the bombshell that KD wants to be traded. Kevin Durant wants to be traded from the Nets. That is a big deal. And I think probably for the next week or so, until he gets traded, we're going to be speculating and wondering where Kevin Durant is going to land, right? Yeah, this is Woj season. Yeah, These Woj bombs, they come out of nowhere. And it's incredible to see. I honestly, I want Kevin Durant to be happy because I love watching him play basketball. And when he's happy and playing well, it's it's really unlike anything else. I mean, the dude, look at his stature. Look at his the the physique that he's putting out there on the, the court. Mm-hmm. It's unlike anything that, that's been done in, and is happening in sports right now. And he is from the D.C. area, right? right? Why wouldn't he and the Wizards be a fit together? Too many people back home. That okay. it's not a great fit for him to go back and, and be immersed back into that that culture. Okay. Yeah. Because from a basketball standpoint, you put him with Beal. Yeah, no, it'd be incredible. Yeah, for him going back, it would just it would be too much. He needs he wants yeah. to be out of that environment. And the other interesting part of this is that Kyrie is gonna get traded and Kyrie essentially has destroyed a couple of well, he didn't destroy Brooklyn, but he, he messed up 
the progress of the Celtics and then committed to Brooklyn, and now he wants out. So Kyrie is not going to be there. And Russell Westbrook is probably going to land on his fifth team in five years. I just want to see, I mean, I do want to see Katie and Kyrie actually playing a full season together. Me too. I do. And if they want to go do that somewhere, like, let's make that happen. Why not? I mean, aren't we over the shock that super teams exist in the NBA? We're over that at this point, right? Everybody's trying it. If you you don't have one, you're trying to put one together. That's right. So let's not be surprised that guys are, are doing their best to try and make, you know, teams worked for them rather than them work for the team and if it's a bunch of your buddies getting to hang out and play basketball together isn't that the dream you get to make a bunch of money doing it as well sure why not then the other bombshell yesterday in sports was that usc and ucla are leaving the pac-12 which probably is a death knell for that conference and they're moving to the big 10 which now it's not really the most regional conference in the world, but the Big Ten is right there, if it wasn't already, with the SEC in terms of quality of football. Yeah, good luck to both of those California teams having to deal with Midwest winters. Yeah, coming across the country to go to Michigan, Ohio State, Place Michigan snow. State. Madison in November? Yeah. Stop it. You're going to be freezing. think fans are going to show up from California, those games? No, no way. That's a great point because usually – especially young players that have never encountered cold weather. When they do encounter it, it's not a great experience for them. Now, last nope. year, look what happened with the 49ers, though, went into Green Bay and won a playoff game. They practiced all year in the warm weather and then go to Green Bay and win. But I think it's more difficult for a college team that theoretically doesn't have as much time to prepare as an NFL team does. Yes, correct. And we're going to be crisscrossing the country the entire season. And also, oh, by the way, they're in school. Is that a thing? They're also doing classes and homework and exams. And I don't know. I mean, that definitely gets put, unfortunately, on the back burner. But that's part of it. But doing that on the plane. Don't you think now that we've reached a point where we don't even need to call call it college football. We can just call it the SEC or the Big Ten. The college part of this doesn't seem to be a factor anymore. No. And that's really sad that the education isn't factored into this at all because you know, if you would, you would have made a, a different decision. But it's still a part of these kids' lives. They still have to go to school. They still have to get a degree. I know they're going to be getting point. help. They're going to be having tutors. and But no one can do the work for them specifically. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to juggle that and also this co- cross-country travel. That's wild. Yeah. Now, according to Dennis Dodd, our friend from CBS Sports, conference realignment is not done. And in his latest piece, and I have it up on Twitter, Dennis Dodd writes, one conference official reminded me that schools commit to a conference, not the other way around. So out with Vanderbilt and Missouri in the SEC, in with Clemson and Miami, out with Indiana and Purdue in the Big Ten, in with Oregon and Washington, the possibility exists that underperforming teams in those two conferences specifically will be replaced by programs that perform at a higher level athletically. I understand at the professional level where, you know, the live tournament is like, we have all this money, so we're going to poach these players because it's this is a business. We're talking about college sports. And yes, college sports also is a business. I'm well aware of that. But can we at least have some of the allure and the the nuance and the you know just just the genuine happiness tradition tradition that goes into college sports be left alone where we can kind of say like oh you know we still know who plays in what Mm -hmm. conference we still get to root and have these rivalries it's all about the money that's always i mean Mm -hmm. that's really sad and now with nil 
there's probably six or seven teams that have a chance to win a national championship. Once we're three or four years into this NIL and the transfer portal, Alabama is going to be there as long as Saban is there. Yeah. Texas with their money. Texas A&M with their money. Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Texas A&M. Uh, and then the big one is going to be USC. They're going to, they've got more money and they're going to spend more money than anybody else. So maybe you have eight teams capable of winning a national title. What does that do? Clemson, by the way, has to go in there. What yeah, does that do for competition? Well, it's, it's horrible because as a Mizzou fan, I know. I, I guess as a Maryland fan, you know. Yeah. We don't have a chance. Nope. Not right. even close. Yeah. And back in the day, we did. Yeah. And now that just gets whittled away. And, you know, as somebody who chose their college, uh, you know, heavily based on not only what my, you know, future was going to be, but the sport that was, you know, super dominant in the area that I grew up in and, and the college and, and how well they had performed in it recently. Like, that was a, that was part of the choice of why I went to Maryland. They just won the national title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm here to experience that along with... And kids nowadays are not going to be able to do that. No, no. By the way, I neglected to mention Georgia. Georgia's going to be one of those. So those 10 Bulldogs. or 12, rather, rather than 7 or 8, it's going to be 10 or 12 teams that have a chance to, to win it all. That's Alexa. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Cards in Philly tonight to open a three-game series. And Philly's right-hander Kyle Gibson, who does so much for Big League Impact, is going to join us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Alexa Dad of Valley Sports is in for Michelle. I'm Randy Carricker, and Kyle Gibson will pitch for the Phillies tomorrow night against the Cardinals' Matthew Libertor at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Kyle Gibson spends his off-seasons in our area. He is a big part of Adam Wainwright and Big League Impact, and Kyle joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Kyle, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well. We uh, we appreciate you taking the time. And I, I go through the Big League uh, Impact Instagram feed on a regular basis. You are really busy with BLI. Yeah, it, uh, it's been the last uh, four or five years uh, since Adam asked me to kind of come on as a little bit more of a, a VP role. And um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I started doing the fantasy football events probably in Minnesota in maybe 2015. Um, so been doing it for a while. And then, uh, when he asked me to come on board a little bit more involved, um, it was a really cool opportunity and, and I jumped at it. Kyle, Alexa here. When I talked to you when I was with MLB network, we had an interesting conversation on the chatting cage. And I asked you if you weren't playing baseball, what you would be doing. And you mentioned two things. You said potentially golf because you play a lot of golf or because you studied it in school, sports broadcasting at Mizzou, doing play-by-play or radio or, or hosting uh, TV or, or something like that. Uh, either of those two still ring true for you? <laughs> uh, I play a little bit less golf, Alexa, than the last time we uh, talked. Okay. I still like to play, but uh, we have a few more kids, so I don't get to play as much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do still enjoy you know the, the aspect of the broadcast. Um, you know, I, I enjoy talking about sports. I probably talk a little bit too much in certain conversations and instances. So, um, but but I enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy watching sports and just kind of the nuance of and the ins and outs of of each different sport and and the different things that you can watch and learn about it. So, 
um, yeah, I think at some point that might be a lot of fun. He's coming for my job, Randy. I love it. Good for you. Yeah, hey, I love it. So, uh, obviously, like you said, you do have kids and your golf game isn't uh, as prolific probably as it was. But the best major league player golfer that you have played with? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I uh, I have heard uh, about how good Wayno is, but uh, I actually have never gotten to play with him. Um, but... I would probably, oh man, Jordan Lyles with uh, the Rangers was really good, mm-hmm. um, and he's he was he just has a really smooth swing, and you'd say, man, like, are you on tour? Um, <laughs> and uh, gosh, there was a couple guys in Minnesota too. Brian Dozier was pretty good as well. Uh, Joe Maurer had a sweet swing, um, and I've played with a couple guys here on Philly, but. Um, you know, not a whole lot to get a good judgment on yet. I've always thought, and the only time I've ever pitched was when I threw out first pitches, but it seems to me that when I hear you guys talk about balance and about weight shift, and I watch you in focus, and I compare it to golf, it seems like there are similarities in some manner between being a pitcher and being a golfer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the weight shift, just how you rotate through the ball, um, you know, you obviously you load up and you coil on the backswing and there's certain parts of that, you know, as you lift your leg and you, as you drive to home. And, um, yeah, I definitely think there's aspects of the golf swing and, and the pitching motion that, uh, if you're good at one, uh, you can be good at another. I, uh, I wish it translated more all the time, uh, cause <laughs> golf is, is, uh, I would say a little bit harder, uh, for me, but, um, it's, it's still a lot of fun. Kyle, we spent part of the morning talking about Cardinals fans and how loyal they are and how they will speak their mind and, you know, they'll let you you hear it. But that rings uh, truer for Phillies fans more than any other fan base in the world. How does the Phillies fans treat you these days? The Phillies fans are, uh, they're very passionate about each game. And uh, I think one thing that that, uh, they expect is they expect you to play hard every single game. And, um and I think they let you know when they when you don't meet their expectations. And I think you know sometimes people can take that a little bit personally. But you know who has higher expectations than the people in that locker room? Really, nobody. We just choose to you know not voice it whenever we don't meet our own expectations. But um, you know I think that's something that Phillies fans you know they they expect a lot out of their teams. And um, you know when they let you hear it when you don't play well. Um, you just kind of take it with with what it is because when you do play well or when you do play hard, um, they're there to support you and and there to cheer you on. Former Mizzou and current Phillies right-hander Kyle Gibson with us on 101 ESPN. And Kyle, when I've been around really good teams, they seem to get into a, a comfortable routine. And it seems like with what you guys have had to deal with, with the injuries and with, with Girardi getting fired, has it been difficult to get into a comfortable routine for your ball club so far this year? I think early on it was, uh, you know, recently I think, you know, we've been playing a lot better and, and that routine has been a little bit easier, but, um, you know, we've had a few injuries like, like a lot of clubs, uh, you know, I'm sure if we go around the league, you know, there's, there's teams that have lost, you know, some of their better players as well. And, you know, we're trying to obviously work through the Harper one right now. And, um, you know, it's going to be tough here over, you know, the next six to seven weeks, but, um, thankfully, you know, I think ownership and Dave Dombrowski and Sam Fold set us up with a really good team, but, um, you know, I think the with the Girardi firing, um, you know, that would just seem like an instance where, okay, we think maybe it's going to happen at some point. And then when it does, you get the chance to just kind of breathe and exhale and sigh and say, okay, 
we're through that little bump and uh now we just got to go play and um i've probably spent more nights in the first two months of the season you know up till two or three a.m talking with teammates about hey what do we need to do to turn around what can we do here what can we do there and um you know, some of it was just, you know, going out there and having some breaks fall our way and, and uh, you know, things that time kind of kind of fixes, you know, because baseball has a way of evening itself out. Kyle, a huge series coming up against the Cardinals. As an opposing pitcher, I'm so curious, how do you look at this lineup and go, yeah, that's a weakness we can exploit because there doesn't really <laughs> seem to be one right now. So um, normally the day before I get uh, all my sheets. So when I get to the field today, you know, I'll go in and I'll get uh, all my sheets on the lineup and, and um, go through each guy and, and take a look at that. So to be very upfront, I have not looked at him yet, um, and we haven't played him yet. So I really haven't had a need to. Um, you know, I, I don't look. I don't look. You know, four or five days ahead. You know, I kind of wait until I get there so I can you know focus on on the games. Not that I'm going to be pitching at them, but you know, I just kind of have the routine where the two days before I, I look at it. But you know, any team that um, you know, the Cardinals first off, they always have you know, a team that has a disciplined approach and goes out there and, and executes game plans really well. So um, it is going to be no surprise, obviously, when I start looking at these guys that you have, you know, not many weak spots. And um, to me, I think it's it's probably similar to our lineup as well. You know, there's just not going to be a whole lot of let up. And, and Cardinals teams uh, have a way of, of trying to control, control the strike zone when they're up there. And they always have a good mix of, of power guys and then guys that spray line drives all over the field. So, and I would assume they probably steal some bases. So, uh, you know, they're going to be a complete team. And that's just one thing the Cardinals normally are. Have you guys talked about walking Paul Goldschmidt yet? <laughs> uh, I haven't. I haven't. But uh, I guess we'll see that on the report. Uh, giving him four balls is the best. But uh, I'm hoping that's not the case. Hey, I, I got to ask. Now that uh, Max Scherzer and uh, Kyle Gibson are, Gibson are in the same division, we we have the Mizzou Bowl, right? The, <laughs> the be- best opportunity ever for the Mizzou Bowl. Have you faced Max yet? And if you haven't, are you looking forward to that day where it's it's Gibson against Scherzer? Uh, we did earlier this year uh, here at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, it was a part of a doubleheader. Um, <clears throat> I think we faced off in the first game, and then. Uh, you know, we met up after the game and, and uh, you know, chatted a little bit in the tunnel underneath. So, um, you, you know, Max has been somebody, obviously, that I've enjoyed watching pitch. You know, if you haven't enjoyed watching him pitch, then, you know, you might want to watch him pitch a little bit more because he's just a super competitor. And just learned a lot from him at my time at Mizzou just from, from either getting the chance to talk to him a little bit, but then, you know, also just hearing stories from the coaching staff. And, you know, that was pretty cool getting to face him. And, you know, hopefully here a couple more times this year we'll get to do it again. You've played with a lot of intense competitors. Where does he rank on the list? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I think he's he has to be near the top, you know. Um, you see you see how he is in the dugout, in the game. Um, and it seems like he's intense when he's not pitching, too. But when he is pitching, um, it, it's just a, a different guy. And then the one thing that I see a lot, and, and uh, I, not that I wish I had more of, but you know, I don't necessarily get into the eighth inning as much as he has, but um, when he gets into that seventh, eighth, ninth inning, he hits just a different gear. And uh, you know, we talk about you know, seeing red or you know, smelling blood in the water. Um, he does, and he has, a, he has an extra gear there at the end of the game, and you know, he really enjoys finishing once he starts. Kyle, the real question that St. Louis fans want to know, though, is do you love Emo's Pizza as much as Max Scherzer does? <laughs> um, you know, I, that's a great question. Uh, considering I don't know how much he loves Emo's, uh, 
maybe uh i do like emos um i i do enjoy a good pizza so um pizza is one of my uh weak spots i would say so if i can find a good pizza spot uh on the road i normally try to do it but um i don't get stuck with one style though i do like the fact that they have a cracker crust or you know different cheese stuff like that um so yeah i like emos are you taking pizza over cheesesteak Oh, whew, that's a tough one. The 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 cheesesteaks here are extremely good. <laughs> um, but, um, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, Kyle Gibson, I want to get back to your uh, activities with Big League Impact before we let you go because your all-win campaign with the Phillies is doing very well. If people go to Big League Impact, they can contribute for every win the Phillies have. And in addition to being philanthropic and utilizing your platform, I I know we talk to Adam every week and he has fun with it. It sounds like you have fun using your platform for good as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Aaron Nolan and Zach Eflin have joined in this year to, you know, not only donate for each win, but they're doing a strikeout campaign as well. And, um, you know, I think Phillies fans have, have enjoyed it and we've gotten some fans to join in as well. And, um, you know, anytime that you can do something that's, you know, just bigger than yourself, um, it's a really good opportunity. So, um, you know, my wife and I really enjoy being a part of it and, uh, you know, kind of jumping into the community that we're in. Uh, wherever we're playing. So, um, you know, it's been something to help out Phil Abundance and Cradles of Crowns, the two charities that we're supporting. Uh, they do a lot of great work, and, and there's people in need everywhere. So anything we can do to help, we enjoy doing it. And we're thrilled that when the season ends, you're back in part of this community as well. Appreciate your time, Kyle. Go get them tomorrow. Not not too great, but uh, go get them tomorrow. <laughs> Turn in a great performance, and uh, we always appreciate the time. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. See you later. Take care. That's Kyle Gibson, Philly's right-hander on 101 ESPN. Maybe a future Cardinal. He wouldn't bite, though. He wouldn't give no. up whether he's a cheesesteak or pizza guy. But he likes them both. Yeah, I, but I don't blame him. Here's the thing. If you're spending your off-seasons in the St. Louis area, you can't really say cheesesteak. But if you're playing in Philadelphia, you can't really say emo. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the difference between being a starting pitcher and the pressure that comes with it and Matt Veerling being a position player and just being able to wild out and tell Danny Wexelman how much he likes emo's yeah, pizza right. over cheesesteaks. Because he's out there every day. He gets to blend into the background. But every, every five games, Gibson is the man for Philly to focus on. He can't be putting out quotes about cheesesteaks being worse than something else. It's It'd be career suicide. He's playing the smart game and he's in Philly. You gotta do it. Yeah, he's just smarter than Matt and I. We're just selling our souls. We're just out here like, we're just we're just gonna tell the truth. Who tells the truth anymore? You're not supposed to tell the truth. Isn't that the whole point? No, no not, not, not to the media. Yeah, yeah that's gonna, right. We're gonna get you yelled at by fans. I haven't learned that yet, apparently. Hey. I'm gonna get canceled because I tell the truth. Well, Alexa, we're doing... Sports Talk Radio. You're supposed to have a hot take, and that's the hottest of hot takes in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be fried for it. Randy, they're already grilling me. Barbecue. Serve like, it up. Oh, we're going to talk about barbecue coming up because it is 4th of July weekend. And uh, I I got to tell you guys something that we learned last year. You like burgers? I do. So I'm going to tell you about burgers next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for You're Killing Me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. Do we have it? 
Do we have that thing that says yeah. the kid from Rockio? Michelle's thing. not here. And I'm not. I'm not sure why I did this again, but this is the <laughs> second time this week I, for some reason, just put in a bed before I put in the the, the yeah. open I wanted. I'm not sure why. I've never done it before in like my first five months here, twice in one week. How about that? So let's try this again. Okay. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Mobile on the Run. On the Run is your summertime snack and sip store i oh, love that mobile on the run <laughs> all right You're killing we, me Smalls. there we go alexa we talked about this earlier and we wondered why the mets wouldn't want to buy out bobby bonia it's bobby bonia day yeah he gets 1.1 million dollars every year through 2035 since 2000 he has received that rather than pay him a lump sum then of 5.9 million dollars their ownership, Fred Wilpon, was a victim of Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme, so he didn't have the cash to pay it off. <laughs> so they said, well, why don't we just give you the $5.9 million and we'll do so over the course of 35 years, and then they increased it to $25 million. He said, no, let's, so let's do $25 million. So he gets $1.1 million a year every year on July 1st. Today... Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, tweeted, I hope everybody is enjoying my favorite day of the year, Bobby Bonilla Day. Mm -hmm. And apparently Cohen has suggested to Bonilla that every year on July 1st, he parade around City Field in a vehicle so that they can celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day. See, Cardinals fans, your owner could be like Steve Cohen. Like, then you'd have to deal with that. Is that really that entertaining? I think that's kind of hokey. I think that's... I'm not into that. That's... Can you just make the team good? Yeah, That's all I care about. It's a great thing, right? Yeah, I don't want to hear about Bobby Bonilla parading around in a car and we're still paying this mm-hmm. guy so we can't go out and get somebody else. Like, what? Yep. No. Showing it off and like kind of rubbing it in fans' faces. Get yep. out of here with that. Bonilla is 59. He'll get his last check when he's 72 years oh my old. Gosh. Of $1.1 million and has to do nothing for you it. You are the laughing stock of the country for this day every single year. There are 13 years left on that deal. They're paying him all this money to not play the 2000 <laughs> baseball season. It's 2022. What are we doing? <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it's something that we celebrate every year on uh, July 1st, and now we're only uh, eight days away from Jeff Fisher Day, too. Seven and nine. Seven and nine every year is Jeff Fisher Day here uh, in St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. That's a good You're one. You're killing me, Smalls. Why, Matthew? Is he just because he went one and nine? Do you think things change? No, you, you put your hand up. I thought it was the. I thought it was a cue. Oh, it uh, was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> no, things haven't changed. Oh, well, I mean, he doesn't get to coach sixteen games anymore. So I guess you know, mathematically, things have changed a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, what did he? Right. Go, what did he go? Two and eight this year. Did he win a second game? Okay. I, I was know. giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> game. I honestly have not been very locked into the U.S. FL? Is that the That's what it? it was, yeah. I couldn't remember what the heck the name of it was. So I found out during our break that Alexa loves fish. Are you a pescatarian, though, or do you eat a burger now and then? I do eat burgers. Okay. Yeah, big fan. Good. So last year, at this time, we had Mike Johnson of Sugar Fire and the High Point Drive-In on the show. And Mike is a great guy and a great chef, and he's got like seven grills on his deck. So <laughs> he's he's always coming up with something. And I said, look, what I want to do has come up with the perfect burger. All you have to do is describe making the perfect burger for me. I don't need to have a bunch of people texting in and you giving 30 seconds on how to barbecue this. So he literally spent 11 or 12 minutes saying, okay, here's how you do it. Okay. So what you do, the first and most important thing. Oh, you have it. You're going to share it with the world? Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. This is like revealing a family's secret recipe. Yeah. 
It kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the first thing you have to do is make sure that you have the perfect meat. Okay. Okay. So you don't want something that's going to shrink. So you get fifty percent chuck, twenty five percent brisket. And then just 25% lean ground beef. Okay, so 50% chuck, 25% brisket, 25% lean. And you use about six inches of this ground beef for your patty, about a half inch thick. And then season it with salt and pepper. And I, two things. He says, and Michelle was totally on board with this, and I agree, use Malden sea salt for the salt. Do you know about Malden sea salt? You I get do it, not. Get it in a box at, at Schnooks. It's, it makes a big difference. And then I use just a little smidgen of garlic powder on mine, too. Then you spray the patty with olive oil spray. Okay. Okay? And get your grill as hot as you can possibly get it. And don't jab at the burger while it's on the grill. Uh-huh. This is important. And you want to get it up to... For me, a temperature of about 155 degrees. That's medium well. 145 if you like a medium rare burger. Okay. And then you use potato buns. This is very important because you want the best bun too. (laughs) Potato buns that you put on the grill for 90 seconds to toast them. Not more, not less. 90 seconds. Okay. And you put them bread side down. And then, by the way, before you put them on the grill, you have to brush them with olive oil as well. Okay. So that you have a nice... Are we doing the spray or the brush? Uh, just a br- you brush. Brush, you br- brush. brush the, the buns. The buns. With okay. Brushing yeah. the buns. And brushing then, the buns. Yeah. And then it's American or sliced cheddar cheese. It's lettuce and tomato for me. Another key is Duke's mayo. Don't... I, I'm a Miracle Whip guy. I'm a Hellman's person. But Duke's mayo is key here. Okay. And then you put it all together and you put that thing on the bun right after you take the buns and the burger off the grill. So it's really hot Mm -hmm. and you'll have an incredible burger. I can't knock it until I try it. And you just got me uh, excited for my barbecue for 4th of July. It's amazing what a difference quality meat makes. Don't just go buy the cheapest ground beef you can find. No, no, no. That's definitely not worth it. If you're going to eat the burger, you might as well eat the the real stuff. Go to a butcher. Talk to them. They'll always give you great advice and they they know what they're doing. So it's the best burger you've ever had. It's the best burger I've ever... Yeah, I would argue it's the best burger I've ever had. Wow. And by the way, one thing you can do to make your life easier is if you go out to the Smokehouse in Chesterfield, right next to Annie Guns, they have ground beef that's called Burger Blend. Mm -hmm. Burger Blend. And... It's life-changing. It really is. If you're a burger person, it is literally life-changing. That is so good to know with 4th of July coming up. Yeah. I'm a a ketchup, mustard, pickles, onions, lettuce. Throw it all on the burger. I'm all of that except for onions. For for, for whatever reason, I don't like onions on my burgers. Okay. But you do a little garlic powder, so that's where you get a little bit of the... In the burger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, See, I'm I'm of the... uh, Everything there is correct, but I'm more of the juicy Lucy kind of person mm-hmm. where I'm gonna where I'm gonna cut that patty essentially in half and I'm gonna put shredded pepper jack cheese in the patty smart and man. then I'm gonna mm-hmm. seal the patty around that. That's smart a good man. call. And because yep. the juiciness of the cheese just it makes everything so moist. And then I I think you're crazy about going no onions. You, you gotta get the onions yeah. going. They invented the juicy Lucy in Minnesota. Yep. Minnesota. Yeah. That's and also so, where you need a pocket of, yeah, so you need a pocket of cheese there just to you know stay warm. Keep warm. Yeah. When uh, we had an NFL team, Alexa, when I would tailgate, we would have food indigenous to the team that we were playing. So whenever the Vikings would come into town, we'd bring the portable grill and we'd make Juicy Lucy's. Uh-huh. And that was one of the things because it was from Minnesota. It was so cool to have New Orleans and San Francisco in our division oh, at the same time. yeah. My goodness. That was fun. You imagine. And that, those were actually, if, if you have those two teams in your division, 
that's when you want to be covering the team because you, you go to the restaurants down in New Orleans or in San Francisco. My it's pretty God. cool. I've never been to New Orleans and I want to. I'm like, I am low key jealous that you got to live in Maryland for as long as you did because good seafood is my favorite thing in the world. And I probably have only had it once or twice in my entire life. Like, actually oh, wow. Good, You're missing out. Like, yeah, it looks- actually good, like from the sea, caught earlier that day seafood. I probably only had it once or twice, but I love seafood. And so I, 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 I got to one day just like go to Maryland for like, or, or anything up there for just like four days and just stuff my face with fish, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, it's interesting because you don't necessarily have to, I mean, we would welcome you for sure and we would treat you really well and we would feed you all of the seafood possible. Yes. But if you've never been to New Orleans, they've got amazing seafood there too because yep. they get it out of the Gulf. I have to. And the crabs are similar okay. to the ones they have in Maryland. Actually, sometimes they bring up crabs from Louisiana to Maryland really? because the crop isn't great there. Yeah. Uh, my dad asks every year, where do you get these crabs from? And sometimes they say Louisiana. <laughs> and, and he goes to somebody else that has he's, Maryland He's crabs? a little upset. Yeah, I thought um, so. But the biggest oil Oysters I've ever had in my entire life were in New Orleans, the size of your face. You got to cut them up to eat them, which is never, that's like sacrilegious. You don't do that. But these were so large. What's your favorite style of oyster? Like what's your, what's the best way you're doing it? You're just doing classic little, little, little dash Tabasco and right down the, right down the chute or what? Yeah, I do a little Tabasco. Sometimes a little. fried oyster? No. Well, I'll eat fried oysters, but really the way to eat them is raw. I mean, that, that's the, on the half shell. And uh, yeah, I'll do a little bit of horseradish and uh, a little bit of vinegar or, or some Tabasco. There it is. There is a place in the Garden District in New Orleans called Pascal's Manali, and they have the most unbelievable bar- barbecued shrimp. And you talk about the the massive fish that they have down there. They're probably five inch long shrimp, and they're barbecued down there, and they're unbelievable. Wow, Pascal's Manali. If you make it down there, go there. Okay, good to know. You're killing me, Smalls. All right, one last item we want to get to, uh, and uh, Alexa, the, since we're talking about food, it is the weekend of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> Joey yep. Chestnut trying to defend his title, and I think get beyond 73 this weekend. We tend to forget, though, because of the, it's kind of like the Super Bowl post-game show, but after the Hot Dog Eating Contest is the National Cornhole Championships, which I think is really important. I think cornhole needs to become bags, some people call it. I think it needs to become more of a national tradition. I don't. You don't like it? <laughs> I, I mean, on TV though, you mean televised? Yeah, they televise it. Yeah, that's that's the kind of a waste of, of airtime, I believe. Well, it's probably a hot it's, dog eating contest is too. No, no, that's amazing. <laughs> that I'll, I need I'll, to see. I need to watch one. him dip this hot dog, get the bun wet, dip it, and <laughs> shove it down his gullet see, as I'm, many as he possibly can. That's the most entertaining thing that's on TV that day by far. And I'm, then you go to cornhole. I'm just in the backyard playing cor- cornhole. I don't need to watch it on TV. See, my thing is, I'm I. I General opinion, but my the reason why I differentiate here is I, I don't want cornhole on TV unless we get the superior lawn game first onto television, which is I grew up playing the superior skill-based game in the lawn, and that's called washers, ladies and gentlemen. We want to talk about something that actually takes a little bit of skill to do. Washers is the real lawn game with the real respect. I mean, come on, just anyone can land it on that giant board or that huge hole. Try throwing a tiny little metal ring into a slightly larger cup. That's the real lawn game. Show so, some respect to washers right now. Back in my day, and I'm older than you guys, when we had guns that would chew little rubber pellets at our friends, <laughs> we had a game called Jarts, where they oh, literally yeah. have like a 10-inch dart. People die. That you, yeah, they did. You'd hit people in the eye. Oh, and and you throw them like bags or like washers, and you try to get them with, like, within a hula hoop size ring uh-huh. on the ground. But yeah, people would... Uh, th- 
like throw them at each other and put them in people's eyes. Like, they're illegal. You, so, but you it literally, was, it was lawn darts. It was unbelievable. That is so fun. Well, it's like horseshoes, right? Those things are yeah, really heavy and yep. really dangerous, but it's a blast to play. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawn lawn darts, though. I mean, it's it's literally like illegal. You can't buy them now How did because somebody think of this real sharp end. Well, I can't That's you got so about barbecues good. where like kids are running in between. Oh, that was so good. Throwing it up into the air <laughs> with the idea that then the weighted end is gonna gonna dip down and go straight down, and uh-huh. people were getting in their foot. People were getting in the top of the head. I mean, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Again, washers and bags, those things are tiny. You can't knock anybody out. Horseshoes, again, you can kill somebody if you throw that the wrong way hard enough. That's a good point. Yeah. I like a good badminton game in the backyard. That's that's always fun. A little birdie, toss that around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Whatever. Uh, Listen, you said it, not me. We're gonna we're gonna head down the stretch here on uh, Character and Swalman with Alexa Dat in for Michelle on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Alexa, do you have a 4:30 pregame this afternoon? I do. Okay, I just I, I was wondering what the heck's going on here. I saw the five oh five and I, so five oh five St. Louis time. So four thirty pregame with Alexa. And, That's right. Uh, is Jimmy in with you? You know or? what? I'm not sure who is co-hosting with me. I have well, to... BT's there. So yeah, yeah. So it's not BT. Uh, it could be Al. Okay. The Mad Hungarian. Um, but we know you'll be, be there, and that's the most important but thing. But I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So early pregame for Cards and Phillies tonight from Citizens Bank Ballpark, and you'll see the game on Ballet Sports. And I, I think you, uh, you and I are synchronized in how we feel about the Cardinals, because I really do, number one, we both get that it's a 162-game season, but I think that this team has much more upside than any other team in their division, including, and I totally respect the Brewers pitching, but I don't have a ton of faith in the Brewers offense. And I think the Cardinals have the best opportunity to put a a really good unit together of any team in the division. I 100% agree with you. And I think the interesting thing about this team is that with everything that's gone wrong, you could cover up the record, you could cover up the um, standings, and you could say, there's a chance that this could be way worse. Oh, yeah. Way, way worse. So the fact that they are where they are right now with those injuries, with the fact that they've had a lot of new guys in the mix, and they're all gelling really well together, uh, I think it's pretty brilliant. And you know the trade deadline, they're going to do something, I would mm-hmm. assume. Small, but but enough to at least make a you know a bit of a difference. And they're going to have guys come back healthy. That's all going to play well, too, for this team. And they're already playing phenomenal baseball. Right. And you think about last year, Heck, we were just coming off of June, and they're trotting out Ponce de Leon and Carlos, who was... Heck, think about this. Ponce de Leon, no longer Major League Baseball. Carlos, no longer Major League Baseball. John Gant, no longer Major League Baseball. KK, no longer Major League Baseball. Yeah. You're trotting out a bunch of pitchers in June that aren't... The only guy who's in Major League Baseball is Wayno. That's a great point. Yeah. That so, is a great point. Getting Michaelis back, obviously, has been massive for this team, but... Fortunately for them, they aren't. Oviedo is still here. He's another guy that pitched last year but couldn't win. But getting the Hudson and Michaelis back has really been big for this team. Yes, and getting them to really reach the the pinnacles of their career at this moment, mm-hmm. having it all come together. And you know, listen, it's been a bit of a struggle to figure out how they bridge the gap between the starters and the back end of the bullpen. But 
they're also figuring that out as well because of that competition. As soon as you get these guys in the mix and say, listen, you're fighting for your job. If you pitch well, you get to pitch. That breeds a, a lot of healthy competition, and these guys want to step up and do it. And I'm riding the roller coaster, so like I'm all in right now on Junior Fernandez, and I'm really worried whenever Nick Wickren comes into a game. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Wickren has struggled this season, unfortunately. But what they have done is given guys the opportunity to prove themselves, yep. and the ones who have have stepped up. You can't ask for any more if you're a player, right? That's right. All you can do is produce. Okay, one last thing here with Alexa who, as we know, is from Maryland. And we get a text here from the 301. Oh, yeah. 301. A guy listening from Maryland. Uh, kudos to uh, me for shouting out. Lido's. It is the best pizza ever. So 301. Uh, I feel you there. Be going there for over 50 years, this person said, well before they started franchising. Okay, so if we're ever in Maryland and we find a Lido's pizza, what do we order from Lido's pizza? You can do cheese or pepperoni, mushrooms, or some peppers on it, but Pretty simple. Okay, plain really and straight. Yeah, plain and straight. It's square uh, and with a delicious sauce. I don't know what's in that sauce. Crack, maybe? Something amazing. <laughs> it's great. And Matthew Rocchio has a, uh, he's got a big 4th of July weekend planned. We're off Monday. We've got a best of show on Monday that you're absolutely going to love. Uh, who are some of the interviews that we have for Monday? Oh, uh, I can actually run it down right here because uh, I have them all in front of me right now. If kind I, of. Think, yes, <laughs> we're going to uh, play Adam Wainwright's interview from two weeks ago when he told us that incredible story about his his journey from Olympic tryouts to Atlanta to St. Louis. And, oh, I and now loved that. On. It was an incredible story. We're going to talk a lot of Cardinals baseball. Gary LaRock, Randy Flores, Kylie McDaniel kind of giving us a, the prospect look. And then we're going to do a little Dad's Week. Mark McGuire, Rick Carpenter talking about the incredible run Matt's on right now with the Yankees. And then Chris Long closing it out. Sounds great. Wow. Blowing also, it out of the water. James Nail, James Nail, Charleston, Missouri native and St. Louis Cardinals pitcher yeah. who joined us yesterday will also be on the uh, the best of on Monday as well. Great what job. a show. Oh, it's going to be great. We, I mean, this this past month of interviews was... The ones, but the ones I left on the on the floor, like, I mean, uh, you got Tom Holiday, um, Brian O'Reilly, just da- Dad's Week interviews I left on the floor. Dad's alone. Week to Kelly, me was my favorite week of the Ke- of the show. Here's the thing, for thanks. sure, it, it was incredible. Necessarily a Dad's Week one, but Monday we started off with Kelly Chase recapping. The the, the, the cop and him the telling parade. the story about crying on Highway 40 overlooking the arch and, and, and the city of St. Louis at like 2 o'clock in the morning as he was driving up from Nashville. I mean, the fact that that it's didn't cool make stuff. the cuts incredible. That, that that week was was unbelievable. We had to have some great interviews that I couldn't put in for Monday. Well, you have a great long weekend. You as well. And Alexa, throughout the course of the weekend, we're going to be seeing you on Ballet Sports as the Cardinals play in Philadelphia. Yes. But then Sunday, you are you off? All of Sunday? I'm off on Sunday. Sunday, I'm taking uh, a little bit of a much-needed vacation, headed to the beach, going to get some seafood, probably have some Lido's pizza as well, honestly, now that we've been talking so much about it. I'm going to have to treat myself. But yeah, I'll be down for three or four days and then back at it next weekend. Have a great time. Thank, Thank you, you very much. This was awesome. Love Happy 4th of you. July. Same Thank you for having me. That's Alexa Dat. You see here this afternoon at 4.30 on Bally Sports before the Cardinals and the Phillies. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. And for all of us until Tuesday morning at 7, have a great holiday weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.